0: Gentlemen, to the outside blitz, and uh, I am your host, the absolutely fabulous Scotty Freytown, along with the very tasty Tyler Dean.
1: Why, why T's?
0: Because it, it just goes with your name.
1: But, but you use fabulous for your last name, so should you be we, consistent? Should you use using D's? No, I'm just making adjectives for you, not for me. Whatever.
0: Right, hey, man, at least this one was a good one.
1: They're never good. Yeah, the the tasty good. Tyler
0: Dean. Come on, all the ladies out there in that are listening you know they, they they should all know that Tyler just he just looks like a snack <laughs> uh, come on Tyler lighten up Oh, boy, golly man. come on we, we have to tell people about you know how things are you know I mean we got we to describe things using adjectives we're on we're we have a, a podcast here
1: and you're the one trying to get me not to be uh, dirty on this show
0: yeah hey, hey, you know what that <laughs> Okay, there's a big difference. <laughs> there's a big, big difference between getting on a microphone and yelling, and I quote, slob cob, and...
1: No, it's slob mic.
0: Uh, that's even worse. It's even worse. And uh, um, me saying that that for the ladies, you would look like a tasty snack to the ladies.
1: Except for the ladies, I'd be tasty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that maybe if they were they were slobbing on the cop anyway um there go
2: <laughs>
0: well ladies and gentlemen we're back we had a long long hiatus here for uh, a few weeks we were um we were sitting tight had uh some some uh busyness unfold here i guess you could say uh Lots going on. We we had some recording issues, but we are back. Large and in charge. Well, not Tyler so much, more so me. But large and in charge. Large and in charge
1: and tasty.
0: Yeah, and tasty and very tasty. Um, and uh, we are ready to rock and roll. The outside blitz. We will be recording on a weekly basis until uh, I mean, well, well, right around uh, free agency time. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be going going hard. And um we have got everything all squared away. So we, we had a nice nice what five episodes where we five, six episodes we recorded consistently, got all the worked all the kinks out, and now we're back. Ready to rock and roll. So I'm I'm feeling good about that. And uh the NFL preseason starts tomorrow, brother. I mean, we're we're ready to rock.
1: Football's back.
0: Football's back. Yes. Uh, preseason is always an exciting time. We are going to see um Really, a lot of rookies putting their money where their mouth is this upcoming uh, week here, um, and and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see what what these guys have in store for us. I mean, ultimately, I mean we're, we could see we could very well see the debut of of the the number one overall draft pick, Baker Mayfield.
1: Would you say that you're so excited that you just can't hide it?
0: I I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm more slap heavy day. Yeah, I, I, can, I can tell. Um, but I am feeling very good about about um, the preseason games. Uh, tomorrow, I mean, just going into a few of the games we got, we got the Bucks at the Dolphins, um, and, and all these games are, are tomorrow evening. Bucks, Dolphins, Panthers versus the Bills. You're going to see the Bears versus the Bengals. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers against the Philadelphia Eagles. You've got the Cleveland Browns against the New York football Giants. Uh, the New Orleans Saints against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Rams will meet Tyler's very own Baltimore Ravens.
1: Which would be a good challenge yep. for, for Lamar there facing one of the league's premier defenses. Yeah,
0: and it really depends uh, on on who they're going to uh, play out on the field there. So, I mean, you you, you could see some interesting things go on. Uh, Redskins versus Patriots at 7.30 tomorrow. you got the uh, Tennessee Titans taking on the Green Bay Packers. Houston Texans taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you got the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. The Indianapolis Colts taking on the Seattle Seahawks. The Atlanta Falcons against the New York Jets. The Detroit Lions against the uh, L.A. Raiders, Oakland Raiders, Vegas Raiders, whatever the hell they're not calling themselves. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know what they are anymore. They've just had so many city moves. Um, the Minnesota Vikings versus the Denver Broncos. And last but not least, the San Diego Chargers versus the Arizona Cardinals. Um,
1: it, Actually, it's
0: the L.A. Chargers. The L.A. Chargers. They'll always be the San Diego Chargers. We did have one NFL preseason game take place, the Hall of Fame game. Uh, Tyler's own Baltimore Ravens picked up a W, 17-16 over the Chicago Bears uh, last Thursday. So we are um, we are officially underway as far as the uh, NFL preseason goes. A lot of exciting stuff. We're going to see a, a lot of different stories unfold. And uh, I'm I'm feeling fired up. I'm feeling good about it, and um, around the league, Tyler, we got some stuff going on.
1: There's there's always stuff going on. There's a lot when you let the Cleveland Browns do anything.
0: (laughs) Well, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they they ruined my draft. I'm I'm angry about that. They ruined you know my my predictions, my big board, like they do every year. They they made a bunch of trades and they ruined my draft. I hate the Cleveland Browns. Now that said.
1: Right when you're thinking that they're going to have one of the best one, two, three punches at receiver this year. They're going um, crap the bed. Josh Gordon has his issues going on. And then they go and trade Corey Coleman, who's one of the uh, next up-and-coming receivers that's going to be, in my opinion, a very, very, very good uh, – going to be a future in this league at receiver.
0: Yeah, well, here's the problem with, with the, the Corey Coleman thing. I mean, I, I understand Cleveland, uh, from, from what I gather – um, apparently, you know, Corey Coleman didn't have a very good relationship with Todd Haley um, over there, which, I mean, I guess that kind of kind of um, says a lot. And, and a lot of people are, are saying, oh, well, this isn't really a good trade for Buffalo or whatever the case may be. Well, Buffalo needed a receiver. Corey Coleman, you know, he didn't put up good numbers over in, in Cleveland, but he was in Cleveland. He didn't have a, a very consistent quarterback at, at any juncture in time. And I, I think another big thing is, is Corey Coleman was never really given a true opportunity. The guy's a speedster. He's got good hands. He can catch the ball downfield. He's a playmaker. And, and you're going to get upset at the guy when he doesn't have anybody to deliver the football. I think this was a, a stupid trade on the Browns' part. They got nothing for it, a, a seventh-round draft pick for 2020. I mean, really a waste of time. The Buffalo Bills did get a steal in this situation, and I absolutely loved this move for Buffalo. Um, smart move. You get, you get, uh, Allen, a, a good, um, a good receiver. He gets a good weapon under, on, uh, un, you know, to back him up. And it starts. I,
1: mean, I know we'll, we'll talk about this more, but we're on different ends of this. But yeah. There is a controversy there in Buffalo.
0: Mm, yeah. I mean, they're, they're saying there's a controversy in Buffalo. I mean, I guess we, we will, um, we will see how that continues to unfold, but, uh, yeah, it's, um. It's going to be an interesting one. I think Corey Coleman is going to wind up uh, uh, being a big deal over in Buffalo, and uh, I don't, I, you know, like I said, they don't have a receiver over there other than Coleman and what they have Matthews over there. Who? Eh.
1: Nice. I screwed up last time on the show talking about it being on like, Panthers. Don't they still have Calvin Benjamin?
0: Uh, Calvin Benjamin. I I think he got moved. Uh, as far as I know, Calvin Benjamin. Um. He's with Carol. Uh, well, he's drafted by Carolina. He is with the Buffalo Bills. So well, that's I, uh, a good
1: one-two punch over there, no matter yeah. who's that quarterback.
0: Yeah, uh, Kelvin Benjamin. But to Kelvin Benjamin, too. I mean, just to throw it out there, he did kind of tank last year, even when he was in Carolina. Um, 475, 32 receptions. He really didn't do much last the last year. I mean, three touchdowns, um, and and that includes one that he caught while he was in Buffalo. <laughs> so yeah. sixteen receptions in Buffalo. He he didn't really do much. Calvin Benjamin has a uh um you know, he has a, a tendency to uh inflate, I guess. That's that's one of the um that's one of the big things is Calvin Benjamin has a tendency to inflate when he is on the off season and he shows up looking like, you know, precious when a when he shows back up.
1: So you two bought in heaven
0: Hey, you know what? I've been cutting that weight. I look damn good, man. You can football time. We're in the off season. We're in the <laughs> off season. Hey, no, no. I've been I've been working out hard, man. I'm proud of myself. Now, um, so I mean, Kelvin Benjamin. We'll see how he pans out. That that could be a big story moving forward. Moving on, however, um, in that uh, NFC or the AFC East area here, we got to talk a little bit about Eric Decker. Eric Decker is—he um, just signed a contract, one-year deal, kind of a one-year prove-it deal, one point nine million, and that includes incentives with the New England Patriots. Now, it, it's a—this is a small contract for a guy like Eric Decker,
1: and it could have huge unreward for the Patriots there.
0: Yeah, I mean, he—he he could turn out really well. Apparently, him and and Tom Brady are meshing really well, which is is always nice. Um. You know, and, and Tom Brady, he needs the weapon. I, I think that's, that's a, a big thing. He needs the weapon. Um, will uh, he be able to continue this, uh, uh, I guess, motion of positivity right now uh, that he's got going on, this, this positive relationship that he has going on with Tom Brady? Eh, it begs the question. Uh, but at the same time, Eric Decker, he's still a superstar. He still had he had good years in Tennessee. He had good years at the New York Jets. I like Eric Decker. I like this signing, and I, I think he creates a, a deep ball threat for old Tommy Brady there.
1: I like this signing, which is why it makes me so angry, because I hate seeing the <laughs> Patriots get any success. And it, it was a great signing by the Patriots. You, you knew Decker was going to go somewhere. There was a lot of talk of him going back to Denver, and that fell through. Yep. So uh, it was kind of it was kind of clear he was going to go a team go to a team that he could win with.
0: But but not only that he goes to a, uh the the Patriots get him for dirt cheap. I mean we're talking dirt cheap. Yeah,
1: they're not going to miss that at all. No, it, it, it's, a, it's a low risk and very high reward. Right. It's a very low risk and very high reward situation.
0: Yeah, and and you 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 get away with one here if you're if you're the New England Patriots. The fact that you can sign a caliber receiver. Like Eric Decker, who is garnering what ten million dollars a year in in Tennessee, you get a guy like that, and he comes in, and you get him for one point nine, and you're not you might not even pay the one point nine if he if he doesn't even play well. You only have to pay one point two five if he doesn't live up to his expectations. That makes this whole thing just a home run altogether. I can't believe you would take and and I can't believe Eric Decker would take that low of money. To be honest with you, I, I you he must really want to play football. <laughs> he,
1: he must really want a championship.
0: Yeah, and and he could get a championship uh, very quickly over there in New England. Now, speaking of championships, um, when we are when we are talking about about uh, championships, the, we have to talk about right now one of the teams that is kind of in the win now mode, that win now category. We're talking about the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and, and my boys over there, this past week, I mean, now, they, they've been making moves all off season. First, they went out and signed Eric Kendricks, $25 million a year, five, uh, uh, I'm sorry, $25 million, no, it's a $50 million deal, 25 guaranteed, and um, five-year contract. Now, Eric, so that's Eric Kendricks, then you get Daniil Hunter signed to a deal um, long-term over the next five years, so he gets his extension. Then they go out this past week and they sign Stefan Diggs. To a uh, five, well, it's a it's a five year extension, so he'll be a Viking for the next six years until he's twenty nine years old. Um, huge contract, seventy two million. Um, he gets some some guaranteed money there. He gets forty million of it guaranteed. Um, big signing for the Vikings. The the guy who who had the Minneapolis Miracle play.
1: Now I believe they overpaid for him. Yeah. But. It, it, they need to have that receiver. That, um, Cousins needs to have that support system to continue, continue to have the success he has and to give Vikings like, a chance for success. I just think they went a little overboard on on the dollars.
0: Yeah, and they went a little overboard on the dollars. I think, but you know, that's that seems to be the Vikings' mo right now is they're they're in that win now mentality and they want to sign guys. They're going to have some trouble signing certain players moving forward because of contracts like this. You, you're going to have some trouble. Right now, the biggest, and the most notable is is the Anthony Barr contract. They're going to have trouble signing him in the future. Adam Thielen's going to be up, and I think uh, I think he's got a two year deal left. He's going to be up, I think, after the after next year. So they're they're really going to have to um, look into uh, you know finding other avenues and getting players for, for cheap. They're going to also have to look in, into uh, drafting their their future players um, that they're going to want to bring in uh, in in. Anthony Barr might not be in the cards because of that, so so that is is something uh, to look at. But for right now, Stefan Diggs does this give Kirk Cousins the weapon that he needs? A lot of people are saying yes. Yeah, Stefan Diggs has always been a red zone threat. Guy has a lot had a lot of touchdowns last year. Uh, didn't break a thousand yards, but he had a lot of red zone targets, and I think that means a lot for them and uh, their ability to put points on the board on offense. So we uh, we looked at that. Um, And I got to tell you what, now that the preseason's here, we have a lot of rookies that are going to be coming out. We're going to see what they've been working on all this time uh, since they got drafted this past April. I'm excited. Um, And uh, Tyler, man, Now uh, we have 32 teams in the NFL. And with all those 32 teams, we've got a lot of fun little stories um, that are going on. And uh, I want to hear what you feel is the biggest storyline for each NFL team. And we're going to start that right when we come back here. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we will start that uh, uh, whole thing. So stay tuned right here to the Outside Blitz. And we'll be right back with a word from our
2: sponsors. Hey. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yatta's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home Amanda's or yours, With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being.
1: And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, Tyler Dean, and my co-host, Scotty Freytown. He
0: is the very uh tolerant Tyler Dean.
1: Today with you, yeah.
0: I'm <laughs> forcing myself to be tolerant. <laughs> it's a good time. Right? It's a great time if it would
1: just meet me. do the show. No,
0: no, it's a great time right here on top. Where we have we have Scotty Freytown and we have Tyler Dean. And no, Tyler. No, no, no. We we are not doing that. This is this is Tob and that's that's all we're leaving it at. What,
1: what are we not
0: doing? Don't you start. Start what? Don't you give me that look. Uh-huh. Don't you start that uh-huh. smiling. This is this is Tob and that's it. No more after that. Okay. It's Tob. Yep, it's Tob. <laughs> you win. Yay. That's
1: a first. Slap my cup.
0: Ah, I hate you so much it's unreal. So um we have uh Stories around the NFL, buddy.
1: Yep, we're gonna go 32 teams, and we're just gonna kind of go down the list and just kind of talk about what's going on okay. there.
0: And and I've got my 32 as well, so we are going to rock and roll right through this thing. Um, I'm gonna hand it over to you, man. You're gonna kick off that that whole party. This is gonna for the first time ever. Tyler is getting his, hit, well, kind of his own segment that he gets to lead lead through without me. To... I
1: should have already had one. No, no. Come on. Well, we're going to start in the AFC, specifically the AFC East. Ooh. So starting with one of the worst teams ever in the history of the league, doing the Patriots. <laughs> you
0: really don't like them. I mean, nobody likes them, but no, I guess that's not a good Nobody there. should if you're human. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. Oh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Come on.
1: And that's my story. Oh, Tom
0: Brady. What else is new? That's everybody's story. New England Patriots, just talk Tom Brady all day.
1: It's Tom Brady and everyone else.
0: Nah, I guess.
1: So Tom Brady, um the big thing here is well, two big things with Tom Brady. First one is keeping him safe. Mm -hmm. The the dude's up north of forty. Yep. And and that leads to the end of it is he's north of forty. How Mm -hmm. much longer can Tom Brady play at the level he's playing now?
0: Well, the rumor is that he's going to play until he's 45. I think the big thing about about the keeping him safe thing is the offseason loss of Nate Solder um, going over to the New York Giants. Huge loss. Um, I mean, he was the, the, basically the heart and soul of that line, and now he's long gone. Um, Giants got him on a long-term contract, and uh, now the, the, Pat, the Pats have been kind of scrambling to, to make sure they have somebody on that whole line to keep him safe.
1: You know, that'll that ultimately be the thing that a lot of you are looking looking closely at going into preseason to see who's gonna fill that, that void to protect his blind side.
0: Right. And and you are absolutely right on on the as, in the aspect that you know they don't really have much in terms of a backup quarterback. Um, realistically, Tom Brady is kind of the end all be all over there. He goes down and that's that's your season. Have a nice day. Yep. So um, I, I completely uh, agree with that. I think the other story that we need to be talking about, however, in, in New England, at least on my end, is uh, life after Malcolm Butler. Uh, the Patriots have, um, they've got a corner who, who basically got, he was their number one corner for a long time. He walks out the door. They don't really fill the void very well. Um, and now that the Patriots are going to, we saw them struggle, struggle mightily against the Philadelphia Eagles without him. So the, the big question therein becomes, how do the New England Patriots counter that, and how do they, they come back from losing uh, 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 an all-star corner in his prime, 28 years old, and he goes to the Tennessee Titans, gets a huge deal. So, I mean, life after Malcolm Butler is going to be a hot-button issue for the New England Patriots.
1: Oh, well, without, without a doubt, and I think you're going to see a lot of that in preseason, as, as a lot of these young players are... Some veteran players trying to fill that void, and who's going to be the guy that's going to be able to 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 fill that? That's going to be tough.
0: And you're also, I think, I think one thing that that we still have to consider is that in New England, while they don't have anybody that's technically, I guess, filling that void of Malcolm Butler, there are free agent corners still out there on the block, guys like Dominique Rogers, Cromartie, that they can reach out for fill in. There's, a, there's some questions there, though, in, in New England. So we, we do have to watch those two stories, Brady one and Malcolm Butler one.
1: Let it out. Going on is the uh, New York Jets. And the big story there, really the only story there, is the quarterback situation. <laughs> yep. And so Donald just recently finally signed his rookie deal yep. after sitting out just about all of training camp. Meanwhile, McCown and Bridgewater have been there the whole time getting used to the team, learning the team, learning the plays. Darnold was already coming in at a disadvantage being the rookie. but He's had more disadvantage because now he's playing catch-up to learn this team.
0: I think he comes in at a disadvantage uh, to an extent. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, they, they, they're they consistently – the most common thing that you hear about when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater is that the knee is degenerative, um, the, the, the injured knee that has kept him out for the last two years. And you, he's thrown a grand total of one pass – in a professional game, and, and that is, you know, that automatically right off the top, I think, takes Darnold and puts him above Teddy Bridgewater on the depth chart. Then you get Josh McCown. Now, McCown's a Wiley veteran. He understands the system, but McCown is, is, what, 37, 38 years old at this point in time, so he's getting up there in the years. But let's face facts. Josh McCown is not a starter in this league. Let's no. let's just face facts. He is not a starter. He's a journeyman backup. We've seen him back up a million times. Uh, I, I once... I, today I, I got to hear your your wife say he was the biggest whore of the league because he's just been around to every single team out there and and she's not wrong. So I mean realistically, um, you know Josh uh, Josh McCown is, is he's going to be in competition with Sam Darnold. I think Darnold is going to going to
1: take that starting position. I'm going to say not week one.
0: I, and a lot of people think that I think Darnold still takes the the starting. I think Sam Darnold kind of hurt himself. I understand his holdout though. You hold out because you were supposed to be the number one pick, and then they took this chunk, Baker Mayfield, over in Cleveland. So now they he gets selected, and, and people don't understand. How, that, that's actually a mighty big drop coming from the number one overall to the number three overall. That's a, It's a big drop financially. So I, I understand his holdout because he, knew, he knows, or at least he feels in his heart that he is the number one guy, and he should have been the number one guy. The Jets got him for a steal. And, and he held out until he got his contract. So kudos to him for getting the money, but let's make sure it doesn't affect your play moving into the future.
1: It still could, and, I, and I'm worried about it.
0: Yep, and I agree with you that this is, the, this is the story with the New York Jets right now. I mean, there's really nothing else there that is, is on anyone's mind other than who is going to be our starting quarterback in week one of the NFL season.
1: And, and moving on, we're, we're still in, in that t- same type of argument when it comes to the stories, and that's we're going to the Bills, and it's yep. still the quarterback situation. There are a lot of rookies that got drafted this year, and those are no different. And this is what – you avoid going into a full-on undisputed argument between <laughs> you. Um, we'll, let's talk briefly on Josh Allen and A.J. McCarron. Right. I'm pro A.J. McCarron. Um, we both agree that Josh Allen is not as good of a quarterback as the Bills drafted him. as. There are other qu- quarterbacks that should have taken, but I think AJ McCarron is proven that um he can take the ball and roll with it in his time in, in Bengals. But now he gets the opportunity to take the ball and be the guy. Yeah, and can he do it?
0: I think he can. McCarron has a lot to prove. He he didn't really prove much um over there with the uh uh with Bengals. with the Bengals. He he didn't really get the job done as far as being a, a legit NFL starter. I don't think. Could he be a starter in this league? And I mean, guys develop, so it's going to take take some time to see yeah, whether or not. Yeah,
1: think one times he has had a chance to come in is, is playoff situations. I mean, going from right. zero to have to be the main hero, it's a it's a hard burden to bear.
0: So it, it it does raise the question to me. I mean, Josh Allen. I think when you draft a guy first overall, number one over is your number one pick. When you make that selection, you expect this guy to start day one. Um, I, I think they are probably leaning toward. Um, uh, uh, I think they're doing more to to get Allen in there as their starter, as their day one starter. I think he lacks the accuracy that they're going to need. I think ultimately you might see AJ McCarron take over that spot, Um, but but I mean I'm I'm leaning Allen, even though I really don't like Allen. So it's going to be tough either way. You're right, and and the other the big story, and we, we touched on this earlier. I think one of the the larger stories as far as the Buffalo Bills go. You're talking. Corey Coleman. Um, Does Coleman offer that deep ball threat? Does Coleman offer that deep ball, and will he be a good complement to a um, Kelvin Benjamin? Benjamin? You know, that's going to be the question of the day. So um, will, will Corey Coleman develop the way that everybody expected him to develop? Right now everybody's calling him a flop and this and that. You know, understand the guy's only been in the league two years, and he's been playing for the world's worst football team. So, can Corey Coleman develop? And I think that's the other story out of Buffalo
1: right now. For sure. Miami Dolphins, and we're going to stay quarterbacks, but a little bit different of a situation. We're talking Ryan yep. Tannehill is coming off injury. Yeah. Uh, the last time Ryan Tannehill played, they were in the playoffs. Yep. So can Ryan Tannehill get this? Can come back from injury and rally this team up after the very uh, failed. Uh, Cutler train and um, mm-hmm. get this team back in the playoffs. I'm gonna say no, I, I but I mean, it's a big story, and Tam will come back, with a big story. But I, I think they're gonna struggle to get to get back where he was. And I think the AFC is starting to improve a lot. And I think Dolphins are gonna struggle and they're gonna fall short,
0: yeah. And I, I agree with you, I think Dolphins will fall short, but you know, and and with I'm going to build on the Tannehill story here. I, I agree that Ryan Tannehill is a story in Miami. I, I, you, you can't say that he's not, and, and Tannehill's a talented guy. But I, I think the even bigger story for the Miami Dolphins right now is going to be life after Jarvis Landry. Um, Jarvis Landry goes to the, the Cleveland Browns, um, and and that doesn't really leave the Miami Dolphins with a, a whole lot weapons-wise. Um, I mean – Realistically, they they have Danny Amendola sticking around. They've got Kenny Stills who hasn't really developed into something huge. They have Devonte Parker who he could be great. He could be you know a, a complete bust. Um, he hasn't really shown that he is a, a a number one threat. So you know the the oft injury prone Danny Amendola seems like that guy's hurt every year. Kenny Stills he he did he did okay. Um, since 2013, I mean, he, he hasn't put up monster numbers or anything like that. 726 one year, 847 another. He had a good amount of touchdowns. He's a good red zone threat. So life after after Landry is going to be the big question um, in Miami.
1: And I think that all kind of that all goes hand in hand hand coming back, Them losing arguably one of the best receivers in the league. I think this, it's going to be a very hard comeback for this team and the offense to do what it needs to do to get the job done.
0: Absolutely.
1: Going to the AFC North, I'm going to uh, be biased and start off with the Ravens. Oh. Um, to me, there's only one story here. Mm-hmm. And whether really you want to call it the Lamar Jackson story or the quarterback story. Yeah. For, for, if we're talking preseason, it's the Lamar Jackson story. Right. Um, Flacco likely won't see much playing time. Um, so the story is how fast can Lamar Jackson progress? And judging off of the first game, the uh, Hall of Fame game, he's got a long way to go. Yeah, the,
0: the as a as a rookie quarterback, the, one of the big concerns for, for Jackson was an accuracy thing. Um, we we saw his early early practices come out, the, the videos of that come out, and and Jackson was uh, overthrowing receivers by I mean we're talking by a mile. Um, so that's that's a big question. Um, it, it raises a lot of issues. Can this guy be the guy? Can this guy effectively hit receivers as a number one overall dra- or a number one draft pick for for the Ravens, uh, our first rounder rather, but. Um, to me, you know, it, it, there's a lot of questions here. Joe Flacco's getting paid $24 million this year. Um, and I, I think Joe is in – he's – you know, Joe Cool there is in, in kind of a, a dire straits. You know, you, it's, it's almost Super Bowl or bust for the guy. And otherwise, they're going to turn to Lamar. And I think that's going to be – right now, I think it's going to be disastrous for Baltimore. If they um, have to turn on Lamar right now, yeah. absolutely. Yes.
1: Um, I think this season you're going to absolutely see Joe Flacco for all 16 games minimum, maybe even in into next season, based on how Lamar's looking now. Right. But um, Flacco's stay in Baltimore is ultimately upon himself. Mm. If he, um, I know I know we're talking about the Super Bowl bus theory, but if Flacco can prove that he can play how he did in his first five years, there's not a not going to be a problem. Um, I'm sure most teams take a Super Bowl every
0: five years. Yeah, and I, I think um, I think Joe, it, it, you're right. It really depends on him. Is he worth the money? Is he? That's that's going to be the, the, the ultimate question at the end of the day. Is this, this is the stat or the stats and and what he does if he makes the playoffs? Does he, does he win a playoff game? Does he go to the AFC Championship? Is that really? Going to make him worth that twenty-four million dollars, and then at the end of the, you know he's in a contract year, basically you know. So you're talking extensions. So are we going to extend Joe Flacco? And Joe Flacco, if I'm not mistaken, is thirty-two, thirty-three years old at this point. he
1: he's, he's got two more three years coming this year up in contract. Right. I think you're looking at a situation where.
0: Uh, well, he's he's got three years, but they've got a buyout there after after this season.
1: Well, you're still taking a hit. Yeah, and buy buyout for the next season.
0: Yeah, so you you got the buyout. So so does Joe Flacco stick around with the Baltimore Ravens? Does Lamar take the job? I agree. It's the biggest story of the, of the year, even with a, with the moves that the Baltimore Ravens have made. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a revamped
1: offense. Yep. So it, it'll be and interesting, it is. interesting to see what all the quarterbacks there do with those weapons.
0: Right, and and uh, that's that's another thing. I mean, you've you've got John Brown hanging around now, and and. There's a number of players out there that you're wondering, is Joe Flacco going to have the the proper weapons, and is he going to have the right amount of weapons to get the Baltimore Ravens back to where they were two, three years ago? So that'll that'll be the big question over there in Baltimore. Absolutely.
1: Going over to Pittsburgh, and to me, another one of those, there's only one story to tell, and that's Le'Veon Bell. What's going to happen with him? He turned down that big contract. Does that does that say that he that he wants more does it say he doesn't want to play in Pittsburgh anymore nobody really knows is he going to play is he gonna hold out I think he's gonna play just to make sure he still he shows that value of what he is but it's hard to say
0: yeah and Le'Veon is is one of those guys I think a lot of this is a um, a lot of this is a respect thing at this point in time you know and, and I understand Pittsburgh I don't think Pittsburgh has the money that's I what I think we' we're, we're finally running into is, is the Pittsburgh Steelers just don't have the money to pay Le'Veon Bell. And, um, and, and now the Steelers nation is, is you know, kind of souring on the guy and saying that, that they're done with him. I mean, they, they, want, they want him to just shut his mouth and, and sign for a cheaper amount, and, but he's the best running back in the league right now. So you can't expect him to sign for anything less than what he's worth. He's worth the most money in the league. Him and Ezekiel Elliott are are worth that kind of money. And then you watch a guy like Todd Gurley go out and sign, get signed to a sixty million dollar contract extension, and he's worth it. And and now you're going to see Le'Veon Bell.
1: But Gurley, but Bell should get at least that.
0: Yep. And you're going to see Le'Veon Bell. He he deserve I, I I'd argue that he probably deserves more than Todd. Oh, Gurley. Oh no, one hundred
1: percent. just want to say like what Gurley got should be the very. That yes,
0: and and that's kind of what we're what they're dealing with over there in Pittsburgh. And while I agree that this is probably the biggest story in Pittsburgh, there is another story, um, and and that just comes down to this uh, Mason Rudolph Ben Roethlisberger thing. Um,
1: it's a story. It's it's not really blown up yet, but it's there. Ben Roethlisberger obviously is not happy that Rudolph yeah. is there, and that is a story in itself.
0: It's becoming a thing because Mason Rudolph. Eh, you're gonna see him debut um in in these uh, in these preseason games. You're gonna see Mason Rudolph uh, taking snaps under center. He knows he's gonna he's actually uh, from by all what they're saying is he's actually gonna start the preseason off, which which is creates some excitement. Let's see what the kids got. And Ben, you know he he had that interview going, well, I don't know why they drafted the guy, but Ben was talking about retiring a little while back. I think you're going to see something interesting. If Mason Rudolph comes out and performs well in the preseason, it's going to get people talking. And and then and
1: obviously Ben is not going to lose his job this year. He's not going but what could happen is if they de- deem Rudolph to be a quarterback that could get the job done, they could choose to move on from Ben and trade him. Ben will not get benched if he's not the starter it's because he got traded.
0: Right, and Mason Rudolph is also saying, or uh, from what Ben is saying, it is essentially that Mason Rudolph is on the same level as Landry Jones, who is the the other backup quarterback. They also have Josh Dobbs over there, but by all uh, um, for all intents and purposes, they're they're saying that that Mason Rudolph is the guy right behind Ben Roethlisberger, and and he's out playing Landry Jones right now. So. Is Mason Rudolph going to be the guy? And and I mean, God forbid Ben Roethlisberger goes goes down with an injury during the season. But you may, if if something like that, you know, and like I say, God forbid that happens, you're going to see Mason Rudolph enter the enter the game, and he could start pushing for that starting position.
1: And and I agree, it could happen. But that's not, that's not a mistake. Big Ben is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, will be in the Hall of Fame first ballot. But Steelers are doing what Patriots should have been doing, and. In- Looking beyond and keeping the, keeping the dynasty going,
0: right. And and I think that the Steelers made the proper move in drafting him. This is going to wind up being, and even though it's not as big as the Le'Veon story, I don't think anybody can can dispute that. I do feel that this is going to wind up being probably one of the biggest stories in the league in, 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 in the next, preseason. yeah, in the next in preseason, and and then also moving on to the next couple of years.
1: And one last note on that, just to play devil's advocate, I, I, I want to see Rudolph do well. I, mean, I want to see every pick for quarterback just uh, uh, not do anything and just, uh, <laughs> and just fail. But I, what I'm going to say is, yes, they're saying that Rudolph is outperforming um, Jones. But really, it's not saying much.
0: No, it's not. It's not saying much. Landry but, Jones
1: hasn't shown anything to be a worthy backup.
0: But but Landry Jones, it, he has been there. He, he has been around. So is, is Josh Dobbs. And I understand these guys aren't great quarterbacks. But you know Mason Rudolph is is as of right now. You know as a was a third round pick. Mason Rudolph is the backup behind Ben Roethlisberger, and, and I think it was a, a smart draft pick by the Steelers, and you're going to see Mason Rudolph. He, he, you could very well see him on a football field very, very soon, possibly taking Ben Roethlisberger's job if, if Ben doesn't keep playing at a high level. We
1: definitely have to see where that goes and keep an eye on it throughout the, throughout the year. So our next story, I'm um, make you do some math. Oh Make god! You love I hate math. How many how many uh games does does a team play in a, in a year?
0: How many games does a team play in a year? Yes. Well, it depends. Do they go to the playoffs? No, nope. regular season.
1: Regular season,
0: sixteen games.
1: How many games does a team play in two regular seasons? Thirty-two. Did you know the Cleveland Browns have lost thirty-one of the last thirty-two <laughs> games? And that's the big story here. Is where do you go after losing after going zero sixteen?
0: You, you you can only go up. I would assume. <laughs> I, I, I mean, would, you can't go down. I, I'd hope. I'd hope you could go up.
1: I mean, the only way it could get worse. I mean, God forbid if, if uh owner decided to uh, move a team out of Cleveland in the middle of the night and go to go to New City. Oh yeah. wait, uh, that hey, happened I mean, already. That
0: has happened. That was a thing. <laughs> that that was a thing.
1: Browns had a very busy offseason. They picked up a lot of players. For all intents and purposes, they, their offense on paper looks like they're going to make some noise. Mm-hmm. But then the draft happened, and everyone thought they were going to get Sam Darnold, and and they had two picks in the first round, and they screwed up both of them.
0: Yes, they they really crapped the bet on that one. So,
1: Grant, like, and I'm going to defend the Browns here and saying, before the draft, everyone kept saying, oh, they're going to win seven games, they're going to win eight games. I'm going to stand by that, maybe not eight, but definitely six. 'Cause people are already confident in them before the draft. So you can't say the the draft made them get worse. What? You can't get worse in a draft, <clears throat> you just can't improve. Sometimes you don't improve.
0: Well that's that's kind of where I disagree. You I, I had the utmost confidence in the Cleveland Browns because I, I thought for sure, you know, that you, you can't screw this up. You know, you, you, you have the number one overall pick. You you can't mess this up. Sam Darnold's the best quarterback in the draft. Sam Darnold's the guy that's that's been making the headline news, Sam Darnold's the guy he's highest ranked. Out of out of anybody other than than uh, Saquon Barkley, Sam Darnold's your guy, and instead they go and they balk on Darnold and they go and reach on Baker Mayfield who shouldn't even gone until the, the late first round, and you take him number one overall. Baker Mayfield is not going to be a, a successful quarterback I I think anyway with with Cleveland and and you know by what I've been seeing on video, I mean he he hasn't been any anything impressive um so i mean do i agree that that they're going to get better i think they're going to get better does it does it mean that they're going to uh 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 you know be six games i don't know about all that maybe we're talking three or four games but i don't think we're talking six games now that that leads me to the the big story is baker mayfield does he show up does he play uh, at a high level? Does he, he create opportunity for the Cleveland Browns? Does he open things up? Does Jar- Jarvis Landry uh, wind up meshing well with Baker Mayfield? Can Baker Mayfield learn a pro-style offense? You're going to be, at the end of the day, and, and this is what everybody seems to be overlooking, is that while this guy went number one overall, Baker Mayfield, when he was over there with the Sooners, he played a, a spread offense. He never played a pro style offense, and now you're relying on Hugh Jackson, the guy that just went zero and sixteen, and one and in fifteen, to teach him a pro style offense. This it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I could see if you had Bill Belichick doing it.
1: And this is where I, this is where I stand on it. Um, I'm a, okay. They should have got a rookie quarterback. They made the, they made the right call in drafting a rookie quarterback. Absolutely. Um, what the Browns should have done, given their history of quarterbacks. <laughs> Brown should have been the landing place of Alex Smith. Yeah. Let Alex Smith run that team and have the rookie you draft sit behind him for two to three seasons, and Alex Smith is done and ready. This guy is the the quarterback you draft in this case Mayfield is ready to go. Right. But instead they just keep throwing these and and I I would say the same thing for Donald. They just keep getting these rookies and throwing in the fire and saying, hey, this is what we have. Make it work.
0: Right. And and now they're expecting also that that this twenty nine year old Tyrod Taylor is going to come out and and I'm sorry Tyrod Taylor to me never read as a starter in this league. Tyrod Taylor he had he had uh, I mean mediocre years. I personally I've never bought into Tyrod Taylor. I don't think he's anything spectacular. And and Tyrod Taylor is probably going to be the guy that starts the season. I don't buy it. I think he's he you know he is, is not going to be the guy to teach you how to run this offense. Absolutely not. Alex Smith would have been the guy to teach you how to run the offense, not Tyrod Taylor. I don't buy that at all, and um, I don't buy this, this fiasco over there in Cleveland. The big question this year, though, at the end of the day is going to be, does Baker Mayfield make this team better? Is, or Or, I mean, it, it's kind of a QB carousel. You don't even know if Tyrod Taylor is going to be the day one starter for them. You don't know if you you just don't know. There's a lot of questions. It's all up in the air. Does Baker Mayfield perform? Does he learn a pro style offense? Does he make the team better? Does Tyrod Taylor start day one? Does Tyler Tyrod Taylor go throughout the entire season? You just don't know. So I think that's probably the big question over there in Cleveland now. If they they had drafted Sam Darnold, this wouldn't even be a discussion right now. Sam Darnold would be your starter. But you know, right now you just don't know.
1: Going on to the last team in the north, and that's the Bengals. The Bengals, the they, Bungles. There's a yeah, definitely the Bungles right <laughs> The now. Bungles, and to me, there's one major story, and it's not really a story that gets talked about, but it gets talked about come uh, January every year. And a lot of people ask, "Why is Marvin Lewis still the head coach?" <laughs> Everybody asks that. They can't win a playoff game. They they make the playoffs. Pretty frequently. Yeah, they do. Except for the last couple years, yep. but Marvin Lewis can't win a playoff game, right? At what point do you move on from Marvin Lewis? I think, I, I, mean, I feel like this is a broken record here, but is this the final year for Marvin Lewis?
0: Marvin Lewis is is on the hot seat. Everybody knows he's on the hot seat. Um,
1: he's he's been on the hot seat. Yeah. Man. What's crazy is they the the front office just keeps giving him a chance. It's almost like they're they're okay with just thinking, hey. We're just barely getting by. Good job, Marvin.
0: Right, and and I mean the the Bengals. They uh, um, Marvin Lewis. He that I think he was probably the best coach available. I mean, right now you don't really have many coaches that are coming into the NFL or that are in the NFL that I think can can fill that head coaching void. Um, you got some guys that that left. You know, you got some some coaches that left, but they they. Did poorly, and so do you. Do you take the guy? It's almost like taking the the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Um, yeah, that's a good point. You know, and Marvin Lewis, at, at least you know he's had a, a, a something of a track record of getting the Bengals to, you know, the the playoffs. He he has at least done something like that. So there's that, and I I think the other big story in in Cincinnati is can Andy Dalton regroup? Okay, yeah. and can Andy Dalton regroup? Can he come back and and be the Andy Dalton that we saw a few years ago, that that was basically the best quarterback in the league? I mean, we we saw Andy Dalton come out and and light the world on fire, and I think a lot of it has to do with their offensive line, and and they did make and one of the
1: best receivers in the game. Yep,
0: and and they did make uh, um, you know uh, uh, a, a couple moves on their offensive line, but everybody is predicting yet another nine and seven finish for the old. Cincinnati bungles there, and and the hope for them is that that's not the case, and that they wind up in a, a double-digit win column. But uh, it a lot of us relies on, I think, Andy Dalton. You know, he's he's the guy that that commands that team. And
1: they finished seven and nine last season. I, I don't, I don't see yep. them improving from that because the team really they haven't gained a whole lot.
0: They they didn't gain a whole lot. I think um, you know even during the draft they didn't get get a whole lot when they got Price. Um, Billy Price uh, uh, out of Ohio State, and you, you got a guy coming off an injury, and that's one of the reasons why he dropped so hard. Billy Price is very good, but is he great? Eh. Yeah, a lot of questions there. Um, but
1: yeah,
0: at the end of the day, um, I, I do think a lot of it relies on on Andy Dalton. I think that you know a lot of people are predicting nine and seven. Nine and seven seems to be the most common number I'm hearing. Um, I. I I'm not even a Bengals fan, but for their sake, I hope they do better. But uh, is Marvin Lewis, to answer your question, is Marvin Lewis out the door after this year if they don't hit double-digit wins, if they don't make a playoff game, if they don't win a playoff game? I say yes. Have a nice day, Marvin. You're, you'll be having having yourself a nice day, and Marvin Lewis will move on to another team. I think. I, I think he'll actually get picked up by another NFL squad.
1: Oh yeah, no, he won't. He won't be after. He won't be available long. But I don't think he'll be any going in Cincinnati going the next season.
0: Yeah, he'll, he'll if he gets picked up as a head coach. I think he'll he'll come into another team and turn him around.
1: Going to the South, uh, the Colts. Oh, Indy. Will Luck be healthy?
0: Yeah, that's that's the I mean, question. They
1: picked up. They split, made it sound like they tried to get him help, but. The offensive line is still in a miserable state.
0: The the O-line is bad for him. Um, one guy that I think we're going to be talking about a little bit, and, and he's going to kind of create a new story in himself, is going to be Quentin Nelson. The, the gentleman who got drafted out of uh, for the number six pick uh, to Indy. I loved that pick. I, it created a lot of uh, um, protection for uh, uh, Andrew Luck. But that's the big thing. Is Andrew Luck healthy? Is his shoulder ready to rock? Um, from all the videos we're seeing, Andrew Luck is passing the ball effectively. Uh, but is Andrew Luck going to be healthy enough to get these guys back to the level that they were at when they were going ten and 6, 11 and five? I would like to see him. I'd like to hope so. Yeah, I would like to see himself. like to see Andrew Luck, you know, taking care of business. But we got to see what that o line has.
1: Going to the Texans, and that's. Uh the the Watson story. Watson mm-hmm. was looking great before he got hurt and then he went down. But the thing is with Watson is everyone talked about how great he looked and yes the stats were nice. Yeah. But in his game as a starter he wasn't even five hundred. So I, I think he but you can well, that well, that being a rookie, lot that the team's still building. But it's not like Texans were on the way to making the playoffs with in, while Watson was playing. because they, they were still not winning games. They were putting up their, they they're doing their job but there's still a lot of work to be done.
0: There is work to be done with that team. Um, they, they did make some some moves, and they, they do have some guys that, that uh, I think the Texans should be excited about, guys like Sammy Coates, I think, are are the types of guys that everybody should be excited for. Um, you know, Bill O'Brien is is starting to kind of put the pieces together, I think. And, and, Absolutely. And he's really starting to you're, – you're starting to see that team make improvements. The big question is Watson. Um, you know, I understand the guy was only five hundred. Does that make him a bad quarterback? Does that make him not MVP caliber? I don't know about all that.
1: I, I agree with you.
0: I don't know about all that because because he he still put up great numbers in spite of and you know for a long time we talked about uh, Philip Rivers was was a guy we always heard about. His team would be going four and twelve, but then here's Philip Rivers putting up five thousand yards a year. So. To me, I, I kind of liken him to Phillip Rivers in that sense, where he's still putting up numbers, just his fellow teammates aren't performing. I think the big question is, does Watson, does Deshaun Watson return in a big way? Does Deshaun Watson return and continue being up to par? And, uh, you know, now he's got some new weapons there. He's got the guys like, you know, Sammy Coates. and he, it's going to make it a, a much more exciting year for him. Fedorowicz is out there still. Which is, is a a great time. So I, I think he I think he will come back in a big way. Um, the other question comes in uh, we're we're in a contract year for the great Jadavian Clowney. That's the other big the, the other big question. Um, he had
1: a very slow start in his first couple seasons and then yep. he finally started to ramp it up and showing that he's worth that pick that draft pick they drafted him at a few seasons back. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh he is one of those guys that I, I would just love to see explode. Really, I would. And you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. He, he could have himself a great year. He's in a contract year. Do we get him re-signed? Do we get him re-signed at the, at the end of the year? Yes. And, and,
1: Without, and that, but that'll be the story.
0: But money talks and BS walks. Yep. So, so we'll see about that, and and uh, but between uh, and, and the other receivers, you know, we also have to remember Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins are still out there for uh, Deshaun Walker, Watkins as well as well as Braxton Miller. So, a lot to look forward there to there in, in Houston. So, I'm excited.
1: Going to Jacksonville, and the big story here is, can this team was the Cinderella story of last season? Mm-hmm. Their their season ending pred- predictions were way off. From, yep, from what they actually finished. Can this team, on both sides of the ball, duplicate the success from last season? And that's the big story. I think defensively, I believe they will. This defense is nasty.
0: Yep, defensively they they are still the the same defense that you saw last year. Offensively, they've lost. That's the trouble. You, some you, you lose some big pieces. You, you lose Allen Hearns. You lose Allen Robinson. And
1: they didn't have Allen Robinson. He had the twenty steals, so. Losing hit as far as last season, Robinson's a non-factor. But Hearn's stepped up in a very big, big way last season, so that's going to hurt.
0: Yeah, but the thing about Robinson is, if Robinson were to have returned, would you see the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, not just have? Oh, okay, we had some success. Would you have seen them see Super Bowl success?
1: I think he
0: would have. And and that's the, the question of the day when it comes to, to Robinson walking out the door. And then you lose Alan Hearns. Now we're looking at guys like Marquise Lee, and you're hoping Dante Moncrief is going to step up in those positions. Moncrief's only around on a one-year deal. So we got to see uh, uh, if this is a prove-it deal or what. I think their defense is going to step up. But you're going to see the Jacksonville Jaguars you know, kind of regress um, unless you see Marquise Lee and, and Dante Moncrief step up. 100%.
1: And next year, we have the Titans. This is a team, this is an offense that many people say had so much potential. Will they live up to that potential finally this season?
0: A lot of questions. Um, Biggest story here, uh, Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler, just like in you know life after Butler for the Patriots, now you got Malcolm Butler running around on the field for the the Tennessee Titans,
1: which is a defense that critically needs him. So I I think this is, there's an opportunity for the defense to improve that could help the team improve all overall. I think this is it was a, a really great signing, and there's a chance the Titans can, can get the job done.
0: Right, and Mariota is um he's he's finally uh kind of coming around and, and doing his thing. Um, now we're we're starting to get to uh. uh contract years and stuff for when it comes to to uh Mariota he's got a great arm we everybody said he was going to wind up being great um he, he's got a great arm do, do I really think he's been great great I don't know about all that 88.6 passer rating but he's been a serviceable quarterback kind of reminds me of an Alex Smith with with better legs um but he uh we we have some some uh, uh good stuff coming over in in uh, Tennessee um the one of the the big stories as far as um the Tennessee Titans comes in the form of uh uh their running situation over there so i mean you have uh uh there's no more DeMarco Murray right
1: Derrick Henry's going to blow up yep this
0: year. so yeah he started 2 last season yes so you have no more DeMarco Murray we want to see what what Derrick Henry is going to do.
1: Who had the the type of buzz that that Elliott and and Barkley had for well maybe not quite Elliott and Barkley but he had the type of buzz that Fournette had going for him.
0: Yeah, or like a Dalvin Cook. Yeah. yeah. So
1: it, Henry's got talent. People know he's got talent. Now he has free reign of his team.
0: Right, and um, I want to see how how Derrick Henry you know comes out, blows up as as a starter. Um. I want to see if he can he can duplicate his success from last year when he came in midway through the season. He, he did have 11 receptions, 5 touchdowns, 744 yards. So he had some respectable statistics for a guy who only played a portion of the year. So uh, we are excited to see a guy like Derrick Henry um, starting for the Titans. I'm excited for it. Um, and I think that that's going to be a big story for them as well.
1: Going to the West, we'll start with the Raiders.
0: The Raiders, the Oakland, LA, Vegas, the 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 moving our Raiders, yeah. the, <laughs> the North Pole Raiders. So, John Gruden, Gruden,
1: a lot of buzz on John Gruden joining this team after his hiatus from coaching. Yep, a lot of people believe that John Gruden alone can. And change what this team was last year. That really hasn't changed much going into the season. Nope. Besides the coach. Yeah. We all know that Derek Carr is has a gift of an arm. Mm-hmm. He struggled last season mostly with injuries. Um, can this team pick it up and turn it around and, do, and get the job done?
0: Yep. And Derek Carr is is becomes the ultimate question in I think in that in equa- that equation. Um, everybody's excited for Gruden. Um, everybody believes that, that John Gruden, you know, kind of is the guy to, to, he's the savior here, but I, I think you're, you're talking more about Derek Carr than anything else. Um, the other big story that, that I think we're talking about when it comes to Oakland is Donald Penn. Um, does Donald Penn, 36 years old, get a new contract, um, on that line? And, and there's a lot of questions there. He's, he's the heart and soul of that, of that team essentially. I mean, on the,
1: one end, yes, he does. Because they need the help on
0: offensive line, another end is his age. Yep. There's there's an age issue there. So I mean it, it depends on how far they extend him, how far he wants to play. He is a um the 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 Raiders right now are asking him to take a pay cut and I don't I don't understand why you I, I get it and I don't because you're asking him to take a pay cut and he shouldn't have to take a pay cut because of the fact that he's been so good and performed at such a high level for such a long time. So the, there there are questions there about whether or not that guy should take a pay cut. Um yeah, I I would I would like to see Donald Penn get signed to a long to, to a longer deal, maybe two or three more years. Um, it's a privilege watching him play. But as far as the team's improvement, um, you're, the biggest change
1: there is, is is Gruden is Gruden Gruden and then uh, replacing Crabtree with Nelson.
0: Yeah, and and Jordy Nelson does Jordy Nelson become the monster that he used to be in Green Bay? I don't think so. But I we'll think he's have to, on his see. Way to being done. Yeah, and but we we'll see. Jordy Nelson had some good years in Green Bay, but then you know Derek Carr, as much as I like the guy, he's got a gift of an arm, he's not Aaron Rodgers.
1: hundred
0: percent. Yep. So I mean that's
1: that's what we're looking at in Oakland. Who are the Chiefs? The quarterback situation has drastically changed. Who are the chefs?
0: Come on. Come on, don't tell me like you don't don't act like you don't re- like remember that commercial. I
1: know, I know. <laughs> Can Patrick Mahomes get the job
0: done? Uh, That's a big story. Yeah, big question. Big question. I mean, obviously the the Chiefs they're um, they're they're in dire straits right now. Uh, they they they're putting all their eggs in that that Mahomes basket. I think.
1: I think it's gonna be a big learning curve this year, and they're gonna struggle. Yep,
0: yeah, and uh, Alex Smith. It's a big jump from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. Um, <laughs> you you. You, and you don't really have much behind them. You got Chad Henney and Matt McLoyne. You know, so, I mean, you're, you're not, there's not a, a ton to really look at there. Mahomes either, it's sink or swim time for him. So that, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's the big story there. That is is the story. Um, Mahomes, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He feels like he was better than Alex Smith from the get. Um you know, and there's there's a, a couple quarterbacks there that, I mean, Chad Henney does have starting experience. So so that is kind of a winner. But at the same time, Chad Henney had bad starting experience. <laughs> um, and then we have Matt McGloin who, I mean, the man's been everywhere. Sure. Yeah, just sad face all over the place. So I realistically, do, do, does Mahomes become the guy? Tyler, does he become the guy?
1: Time's gonna tell, but I think I think he's gonna have a learning curve next couple seasons. It's yep. it's, it's gonna be interesting.
0: Is it, it now? Do, do you think now? I'm gonna make it's bold prediction time, Tyler. Do you think Mahomes becomes the guy? Does he become the the, the hero?
1: No.
0: No. And and you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I, I I agree with you. I don't think he's gonna become the guy. Um, the fact that that he couldn't beat out Alex Smith kinda of says some things to well, me. well he
1: never was. They were going to take that away from Alex Smith who's made it the playoffs who made the playoffs again last year.
0: I don't I don't believe Alex Smith is as good as a lot of people make him out to be. I think he, he they finally figured out a system for Alex Smith that works when Jim Harbaugh came into town and and other teams have adopted it. And I don't know that Alex Smith is going to do well in Washington, but you know, Patrick Mahomes, this is a different quarterback. This is a different quarterback. It's a different guy. I wanna see how he performs. If he becomes an all star, hey kudos to him but I don't think he's going to.
1: And speaking of uh, chips on shoulders, going to the, the Bron- Broncos. Oh, gosh. Uh, Case Keenum. Does he duplicate that success? That's what a lot of people are looking this year. He's had one good season out of uh, how many? I think it's going to be a four.
0: Strong. Four. Four? One out of four.
1: I, I'm not confident that Case Keenum is going to go and duplicate his success. I think Broncos... Put a lot of money to a guy that had one good season.
0: Yeah, and and I think there there's almost two stories in the quarterback world when it comes to the Denver Broncos. Uh, the first story is Case Keenum because you know you signed him to a long term deal. Great, Case Keenum. He he had a good year in Minnesota. You can't take it away from him. But how much of that was Pat Shermer? At the end of the day, what how much of Case Keenum's success was Pat Shermer? I think. Case Keenum, the only way he was going to be successful is if he went over to the New York Giants and stole that job away from Eli Manning, and and that's not going to happen. Pat Shermer goes to New York. He's the head coach over there. Case Keenum goes to Denver. Case Keenum's going to struggle. And and I think, you know, and and Denver doesn't have much behind him either. you got Paxton Lynch and, and Chad Kelly. Now, understanding Paxton Lynch really hasn't been given squat for an opportunity over there in Denver. And, sure. and I would like to see Paxton Lynch not, you know, uh um, I would like to see Paxton Lynch not get shafted so horribly like the way he has. But um, Case Keenum is not worth that money. He was the big story over there in Denver. And you're going to see Case Keenum flounder um, just as as bad as he did with Houston. You're going to see him flounder just as bad as he did with the Rams. He is going to have a bad Bad experience in Denver, and I am as a
1: Vikings fan. I hope he, I hope he flounders. I hope he does. I'm I'm with you on this one. I think it's gonna be a rough year over there. Oh yeah. And uh, our last team before we go to our break, that's going to be the L.A. Chargers.
0: The the L.A. San Diego. It's L.A. That, Trust me. That you sure? Yep. You're positive. Oh yeah, that's right. We saw the bad logo last year. What a horrible thing that was.
1: And that, the big story there is uh,
0: bad logos.
1: Yes, that logo. Yeah, and their, their
0: their their logo designer got fired. That's that's the big story in San Diego.
1: That's actually the second biggest. Story. <laughs> the biggest story to me is how much time does rivers have left. Yeah, We're talking about when you look at that that draft class you have Rivers, Ben, mm-hmm. and um, Eli. Yep. And, and Eli and Ben, you're talking about it coming near the end and Rivers has had a long career of being on a mediocre team and 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 killing it. Yeah, but the Chargers are running out of time if they want to do some winning with, while Rivers is still around.
0: Yeah, and and they're they're about to just see the guy. You know, eventually he's gonna he say. I, I'm hoping there's there's one day where Philip Rivers, um, just kind of has some sort of uh, uh, epiphany, and just says, "Nah, I'm good on this team. I'm I'm set." And we haven't seen that yet. We we haven't seen that that uh, um, that happen, you know, for for the king over there in, and, in and I don't
1: think he's going to. I think he's going to end up retiring a Charger, running off in the sunset without a Super Bowl and well, calling it a day. And
0: that's a, well, it's a big question. He's he's signed through the 2019 season. Um, he makes big money. Uh, he'll have ten million dollars this year, eleven million next year. So he's thirty-seven years old and you're going to see him go into his 38-year season, does he finally say, I want a bull, and I want it now, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to sign with the biggest dog in the yard, and I'm going to go win a Super Bowl? And, and that should be the, the big, massive question to a lot of people. Does Philip Rivers come back out on the market?
1: My whole prediction is he retired next season.
0: I think that Phillip Rivers will go out and sign with a Super Bowl-caliber team. He'll sign a two-year deal, kind of like Drew Brees here. He's going to sign a two-, maybe three-year deal, and he's going to play well into his 40s. The guy has a lot of football left in him. He's a gutsy guy. He wants a championship. And as much as he wants one with the uh, the Chargers, I think he realizes you're not winning a, a Super Bowl over there, not anytime soon, unless there are, are – uh, um, you know, monster uh, implications. Um, River, and he's got a no-trade clause as part of his contract, so, I mean, he's he's got to finish out there at his age 38 season. I think at age 39, he'd go somewhere for a title.
1: And All right, that's the last one for the AFC, so we're going to take a quick break here and come back for the NFC.
0: Yep, we'll come back for the NFC and after some, maybe some music.
1: You, know, you play music here?
0: Yeah, we play music every now and then yeah we we do like a lot of low for those of you who who have, have asked, we have done like we we've played some music here. We've got some local artists that that have come on and and had their music played. So um we we uh, we do enjoy having having the uh, local artists and stuff like that. but you know, even if we don't, I, it depends on our producer and how he's feeling for the day. But if we don't have any music, that's fine too. You're still gonna hear an advertisement from the absolute best massage therapist around. One of our uh, wonderful sponsors over there And It's Your Time Massage. Oh yeah, the the best. So enjoy that, um, and uh, we will be right back, right here, on the outside blitz.
3: Sword overhead, although there's no real reason that I can see my dream is as clear as can be. I'd spend each day and tears feeling powerless, and every night I'd wish for one more chance. I'd spot the strength to find the hero inside, so I can follow my passion with pride. Even if this moment reveals our unjust fate, there's still a lot of time until our lives unfold the way it's meant to be. As long as This moment just to breathe I'll hold to my destiny Calling out to me So carelessly and free And now I hear a voice It's calling in the distance Telling me I should keep following my dream Passion fills my soul The undeniable key So I can hide my fears behind A great big smile Then your tears will fade And sadness will leave you The strongest me The strength to be that kind of hero so I'll raise my peace sign Let's keep the story rolling
0: And welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the Outside Blitz I am uh, your host, the fabulous one
1: You don't sound very sure about that Are you the, the host? These
0: guys, uh, I, I always feel kind of rude Because I feel like there's two of us You know, there's two of us here and And I feel rude because I'm like Am, am I the host, or is Tyler the host, or,
1: you, or am I the host, and you're the co-host, or are you the host, and I'm
0: the co-host? Do you hear me or? when I talk, when I bring and back and I say, I'm the host, you're the co-host. So, do
1: you saying it?
0: Oh, so you're, yeah, okay. I, I never, I never understood kind of how that worked. I'm
1: the co-host, here's my co-host.
0: Yeah, I, well, no, I just, I, I was just like, eh, I feel a little, feel a little bit of a, like, of a dick. At that point, you know, I'm
1: surprised you feel like you're a dick because you're always a dick. I'm not always a dick.
0: Person. I'm not always a dick. I think I'm kind of fun. And I'm here with, with my co host, the um, dick. <laughs> with the thrilling Tyler Dean. That might be the best one yet. We'll go thrilling? With no, no, I'm, I'm gonna go. Uh, no, I want to go with something different. The, the very tight, the very tight Tyler Dean. You hear that, ladies? He's very tight.
1: I don't know about that one. You hear that prison, guys?
0: He's very tight.
1: <laughs> if people in prison are listening to our podcast, you know what?
0: Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hope, right? I, I wonder if they can... They, I don't think they get cell phones and stuff like that in there. I don't think they get to hear listen to podcasts. Yeah,
1: like, you know, I, mean, I need to sneak a phone up my butt so I can listen no, to, to, uh, to the outside up. blitz. <laughs> Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, their voices. <laughs>
0: No, but welcome back, folks. Um, we are entering the NFC side of our top, uh, our top stories for the, each of the thirty-two NFL teams. The NFC. We already just did the AFC. We just concluded that. Um, going into the NFC side. Um, gonna let uh, Tyler take this one away again, my friend. You, you're just. This is like, you know, hitting the lottery for you here today.
1: Yeah, you can tell who developed the show. It, it, yeah. I'm trying to get Scott to talk as little as possible, but he can help himself. He loves his own voice. so we, I do. So he talks a lot anyway. I do. I,
0: oh. I record myself just like saying dirty things sometimes, and I just play it in my ear.
1: The, the weird part is I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so going to the NFC, we're going to start with the same way we start the AFC. We'll start with the East, and that's going to start with... The Super Bowl champions.
2: Yes.
0: The, the Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. And
1: there's a lot going on there about it all related to the same topic, and that's injuries. Mm-hmm. Specifically, their, their quarterback, their franchise quarterback who was not present for the Super Bowl. Yeah.
0: Um, Carson Wentz. Can he come back and be Carson Wentz? I
1: mean, and if he can't, they have a quarterback who can.
0: Yeah. That, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, um, uh, and, and, well, I don't know if he's, he's actually um, – uh, he actually can. That's the thing. Um, you, Nick Foles, he's missed two straight days of practice, um, which, which kind of makes you kind of scratch your head there. Um, shoulder spasms apparently kind of uh, bugging him. Um, and then uh, I, I think injuries are also a big thing for, for situations like Paul Worrelo, Tor ACL. Um. So that's that's something to, to think about there. Um, and all
1: this really leads to um the Eagles' chances of repeating. And, and there's there's going to be a lot of question marks going into the season and what they're going to be able to do. I, it it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. And it's it's hard to really pinpoint what's gonna happen because going into the season, no one thought or last season, no one thought the Eagles were gonna lose their no. but they did. So it's hard to say. Nope, they're screwed because. You
0: don't know right and and there's I mean there are a few injured guys that are just coming back as well Jordan Hicks Jason Peters um, they they've been back at practice and team drills uh Brandon Graham makes his way back um, Tim Jernigan, one guy that they they lost to injury and now he's been released is Michael Kendricks um, he was kind of a cap casualty um you know uh Derek Barnett yeah he had herjury, uh, herner uh, hernia surgery there you go. Perjury, jeez, oh I'm just stumbling over myself. Uh, but he's back um, after that surgery in the offseason, so he's back, uh, ready to rock and roll. Um, Elshon Jeffrey has been on the field, but he hasn't been participating. Uh, you still got Mike Wallace and and uh, Mac Hollins. Um, you and, say still Mike Wallace. Mike
1: Wallace is a pickup. Well,
0: you, you no, I said you still have Mike yeah. Wallace, and you still have Nelson Aguilar um, hanging out. Marcus Wheaton, Sheldon Gibson. Um, they got a run in with the second team. So I mean, there there are some some weapons there. There there's injuries, 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 injuries in Philadelphia, and and if there's anything we know about the Philadelphia Eagles and their coaching staff, it it is simply that they know how to work around team injuries.
1: No, e- Eagles prove that um you can throw out the argument of. If your quarterback goes down your season's over yep next man up next man up All that's what two teams prove it
0: yep and and I like it's like you said the injuries are going to be the big question of the day when at what point in time do these injuries catch up with the Philadelphia Eagles or do they ever um, that'll be the big question there in Philadelphia as far as them repeating
1: going to Dallas and I think the big story there is they no longer have their number one receiver. So, who's decking for the ball to? It's going to be the Dak and Elliott show.
0: Um, I, I don't know about all that. And and I, I don't know that that's the. Uh, you know, the Des Bryant story has has made plenty of headlines. But Des Bryant going down hasn't really hurt Dak Prescott at all. Dak Prescott, you know, just kind of steadily declined on his own. Um, <clears throat> to be honest with you, the, I think the, the guy you're going to see explode is Alan Hearns for him. And, and I think that's that kind of negates. The, the number one receiver situation, but the one thing that I do have a concern with, is, and, and while we're on the topic of Dak Prescott, and I think this is the big story, Dak Prescott, he's in a make-or-break year. Is this the year that Dak Prescott gets an extension or, or, you know, winds up just being a guy riding the bench? And and as far as I know, um You know, as far as we've been hearing anyway, Dak Prescott accuracy-wise has not been on par, which is interesting because he led the league in accuracy in his first year. He was the most accurate quarterback in the league.
1: He's had one good year, one bad year. So Dallas is going to wait to the last possible minute to give him a contract. They're going to really want to see what he does this season,
0: right? And and now he's under fire for you know he's walking that. uh, What they're saying is a political tightrope after uh, national anthem stuff. I mean, there's a there's a lot of questions. Um, coming in with with Dak Prescott and I think he's going to wind up being the biggest story for the Dallas Cowboys and and realistically he could wind up, you know, losing his position to a, a guy that goes and gets drafted next year.
1: Going to going to the Giants, the big story here is so for the last 5 years the Giants have just have not had a running back, not at all. But now they do. They mm-hmm. have a franchise running back. Eli has somebody he can he can trust. They're, they're not forced to pass the ball at times, so they, they can really split the ball. So you have Eli, you have Barkley, you have uh, OBJ. What will the Giants do this year? I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on what they're going to do offensively this year.
0: A lot of eyes on the offense. The um the, they need a lot of secondary work still. We we do know that um Eli Apple or no wasn't Eli Apple. I think it was he hasn't um blown up the way we expected. Um, but when it comes to the New York Giants, um, they, they've got some work to do on the defensive side of the ball, but that offensive side of the ball is always going to raise questions because of guys like Saquon Barkley. Um, Saquon opens up so much across the field. Uh, We've heard nothing but big things. Everybody's saying that, that he's right up there with, with guys like Ezekiel Elliott. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what, what Saquon Barkley can do. And if he does wind up being the guy that everybody's talking
1: about. Going to Redskins and the big story here is the offensive identity. Yeah. Cousins is gone. Cousins is now with the Vikings. They they got Alex Smith who I believe will do well there. But the problem is Alex Smith is not a long term option. He's no. He's on borrowed time. He's an older quarterback. He's there as a transition guy, but we don't know who that transition guy's going to be, who he's going to eventually give the ball to when he when Alex is, is, is done.
0: Yeah, Alex Smith is is um, his situation is an interesting little animal. He he did sign an extension with, or, well, not really an extension, but he did sign a contract with the Redskins, um, keeping him through two thousand twenty two. Uh, big money contract too. We're talking ninety four million dollars, um, fifty five million guaranteed. So it was it was a huge contract for him. They do have a potential buyout in um, year right after year three for seventy one million. So that's a majority of the contract anyway. Um, does Alex Smith wind up being the, the guy in, in Washington? I don't think he does. Um, there's no weapons over there. They truly have nothing to be excited over. I think the one guy that they, they really have to be excited over in Washington right now is... Darius Geis is the only guy that I think is really exciting over there in Washington right now, and and he's he, Darius Geis is on the board, man, and he uh, he's a great. The, the The big rumor is that Darius Geis is great catching out of the backfield, and we saw that in college, and now we're seeing it, you know, translate. Um, the depth chart came out; he was listed as number four on the depth chart, but then all reports are indicating that he is easily moving up that depth chart and uh, he's becoming their kind of change of pace back, kind of like a Darren Sproles. Which,
1: look, I mean, being placed at that place in the depth chart isn't that big of a deal. No. All rookies technically should be at the bottom of the depth chart and work their way up. Right. So looking at him being at the bottom isn't that big of a deal. Knowing how he plays, Darius Geis is going to move his way up and, and be a big part of that
0: offense. Yeah. So, I mean, but uh, Alex Smith is the big story here. So, But Geis could open some things up for him. But you're right. Alex Smith is the big story in Washington right now.
1: Going to the north. We're going to start with, with the Packers, your favorite team. I hate the Packers. Your favorite team. Hate them. Your favorite team. Hate them. i a fiery passion. And, and the big story there is the uh, dissension between Aaron Rodgers and the front office and the coaching and everything there. What's going to happen with that? Time will tell. I mean, it really looks like Rodgers is looking at, like, beyond Green Bay. But it, it's hard to say. I mean, it's, the team has been on since he, he started.
0: Aaron Rodgers is kind of a wild card, but this is not the first time we've seen this in Green Bay. Um, we we saw <clears throat> similar situations go on with, you know, the the uh, ten Brett Brett Favre retirements, and and you know we, we kept seeing all that stuff, and and the Green Bay Packers brought him back, and they re-signed him, and then they they traded him away. They used him as trade bait, and the, the Packers will always sit there and stand by, you know, their their decision. Uh, oh, we, we wanted him to come back as a starter. No, you didn't. You saw Brett Favre, you needed trade bait, you sent him out the door, and they got away with one on it. And, and the Green Bay Packers, um, we, we've we seen this dissension go on. Aaron Rodgers has two years left on his deal. He's made it very clear he doesn't want to be in Green Bay right now, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the team's been on the decline. And I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that the man basically has no offensive line at this point in time. You have a situation where, where I mean, he got belted by by Anthony Barr last year, broke his collar, he was out for the year. So, so does Aaron Rodgers want to be there? I think he's got a health concern. I think Aaron Rodgers has um, a concern as far as, you know, he's losing weapons and they think Jimmy Graham is the solution. <clears throat> I And he, and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, just recently went on, on, you know, public, uh, a public news channel and, and just crapped basically all over his entire team saying they were playing like garbage and, you know, they're not practicing hard, and he was embarrassed and whatever else. I get it. You want to play at a high level? I get it. It's Aaron Rodgers. I get it. He's 34 years old, and he's starting to become a curmudgeon old man. I get it. I'm 31, and I'm already getting there. But, you know, at a certain point, someone's got to understand that 36-year-old Aaron Rodgers is probably going to walk out the door, and they're going to they're gonna see Aaron Rodgers playing for Somebody in the NFC North. I think the Minnesota Vikings could go after him if Kirk Cousins doesn't pan out.
1: Well, no, the, the the Vikings are going to be dedicated to that contract. full <clears throat> guarantee. They're not going to want. They're going to make get the full get value out of that. So Rodgers won't go to the Vikings. It'll be a different team. But... Well,
0: it depends because you've got even though it's all guaranteed money. I think the Vikings realize that that Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, if if he, it's a three year deal, that's why they made it a three year deal. And I see I see Aaron Rodgers with a two year deal left. That third year, you could see something special come out of Minnesota there.
1: But as far as Green Bay, I and mean, I hate to be the one to uh, crack uh, stupid jokes, as no your department. Yep. But for, as far as Green Bay is concerned, like a bad neighbor, Bar, or Rodgers might not be there.
0: No, he might not. <laughs> he might be discount double checking his way out the door. So I, I mean, you're you're going to see uh, the the dissension in the ranks when it comes to uh, Aaron Rodgers. There's some trouble there.
1: Going to the Lions, the big question here is. The Lions are capable of making the playoffs. They're capable of making a push, but they gotta keep Stafford safe. They gotta protect their quarterback, and, and it's not as bad as the Colts situation or the Green Bay situation. But they have to keep him safe. He's their quarterback, and he's gonna be the golden ticket to getting them where they need to go.
0: Right. I I hated the the selection of Frank Ragnow. I, I absolutely hated the selection, um, especially you know because he wasn't the number one center on the board, and they wound up moving him to guard which I, it kind of made me laugh because it's like at that point you should have just picked up a good guard. But at the end of the day, they wound up getting Frank Ragnall, and, and they they believe they've improved their offensive line. I think uh, something that goes hand-in-hand, hand, though, that that kind of plays, it's not just protecting Stafford, but something that goes hand-in-hand hand as far as, as um, this team goes is they've never had a running game either. And now they've got uh, almost a surplus of running backs. You've got LeGarrette Blunt. And you have On Johnson. I think the big story there comes in the form of those two men. Does LeGarrette Blunt perform the way that he's performed over the course of the last five years? And I think it's another question is, does On Johnson come out and become that explosive back? And everybody keeps comparing him to Barry Sanders. That's the, the big comparison we keep hearing. So I want to see if he comes out and performs at that high level consistently. That could be uh something really special over there in Detroit.
1: Plus, you still have Theo Riddick and uh, Abdullah there. There's, there's it's going to be a nice competition there. It'll, it'll be curious to see what happens. hmm continuing on the north, here we have the Bears. The Bears. And I think the big story here is, what will the sophomore year look like for, for Mitchell for, Trubisky. For yeah. Trubisky? Yeah. Trubisky. Um. He's the, not, he has an up He has an uphill battle. Yep. Um. Trubisky proved that he's going to be a good quarterback in this league, at least in my opinion. Mm -hmm.
0: He didn't have any weapons last year. That was the big thing. Is he's still doing a good job? And and and
1: he's out there beating good teams. And and I I think if they can continue to build around Trubisky, the Bears are going to be on the rise, and could be a a future threat there in the north.
0: Yes, the 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 big things for for the Bears um, is. the, they've got weapons for Trubisky. I think that that actually builds a little bit. He's the big. He's the the, the big centerpiece there. But they've got some good weapons now. They went and picked up Allen Robinson in the offseason. Picked up uh, off They picked up Kevin. Well, they still have Kevin White hanging around. And even though Kevin White hasn't translated um due to injuries over and over and over again. Kevin
1: White, you might as well just name him um, Rashad Paramet.
0: Yep, and it's, but, been,
1: it's been it's been a rough go for Kevin White over there.
0: Yep, but in, in, I, the hope is that Kevin White finally just blows up. Um Anthony Miller is another one. They they went and picked up the him and and the other guy that that I, I think is really exciting that they got for him is Taylor Gabriel, which is a guy that that hasn't.
1: I like Gabriel.
0: I love Taylor Gabriel. I think he's got a, a lot of talent. He's a speedster. He's a good slot guy. He's not the biggest dude in the world, but he's got good hands. So to me, if if you look at uh, uh, Trubisky, you know the only way he can possibly go is up at this point. Um, I think he's got a lot of weapons, and I think if he continues doing what he's doing and keeps being that explosive player, you're going to see the Chicago Bears excel and and move their way up, um, move their way up uh, uh, the division rankings here.
1: You're two seasons from the playoffs. Absolutely. So going on to the south, we're gonna go. Wait a minute now. <laughs> going on to the south.
0: No, 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 no. Come on.
1: Going with no. the New no, Orleans. No,
0: no, no! You, we're not, we're not leaving that. We're, we're, no, 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 no. Fine, fine,
1: fine,
0: fine. We're going to my going to the Vikings. My Minnesota Vikings. Skull, skull, skull. All day.
1: You're lucky I can't swear.
0: Nah. So Minnesota Vikings. Um,
1: big story. Go for it. How will the offense look? Yeah. You're, you're you have a brand new single color. Mm-hmm. You have Kirk Cousins, who I like. I mean, I'm obviously being a Michigan State guy, I, I I love Kirk Cousins in college. I've enjoyed him in Minnesota not Minnesota uh, Redskins.
0: And and you also have a brand new offensive coordinator there too.
1: Yeah, that, that too. And but I think with Kirk Cousins there, um, I I believe they're gonna they're gonna excel really well this year. But. He's got a new system to learn. how this this offense is going to look very different than what it did last year, especially with uh, so you got Kirk Cousins and you got Dalvin Cook coming back.
0: Yeah, the, there's questions. I think the the big questions when it comes to the offense in Minnesota. Um, to answer your questions anyway, and and for you, this is your big story. I've got a different one, but for for your big story, yes, the the big story there is. Um, the offense, I think Kirk Cousins, he's got, a, he's got arguably the best one-two punch as far as receivers in the game, and then along with the signing of Kendall Wright. So you've got the Diggs-Thielen-Wright combo there that I just really love. Kendall Wright led the Chicago Bears in receiving yards last year. He proved he can be a number one. Um, and, and then you've got Adam Thielen, who is just a monster last year. And you had Stefan Diggs, who's arguably one of the best red zone threats in the game. This offense is going to be exciting. The, the question for that offense comes in in the form of their offensive line. Can they keep them safe? Can they keep Kirk Cousins clean? Can they keep Delvin Cook clean? Can, Cal- can Delvin Cook produce the way he produced last year? Minnesota Vikings are in a win-now type of situation, so that's what this offense kind of brings. Now, on the other level, I think the big story comes in the form of Anthony Barr. Um, the Vikings made it a point to sign Daniil Hunter. They made it a point to sign Eric Kendricks. They made it a point to sign Stefan Diggs. Now they're tight on cap space. you got Anthony Barr hanging around there. Anthony Barr's contract, from what they're saying, hinges on how good of a pass rusher he can be. Um, Anthony Barr is a good linebacker. He's a, he's a solid linebacker. I was actually a little surprised that they signed Kendricks before they signed Barr. But you might see, and it, I, I think it, dep- it kind of depends on how well uh, Richardson, Sheldon Richardson plays on that on that defensive line about whether or not you see Anthony Barr return to the Minnesota Vikings this year.
1: We'll definitely see how that progress throughout the season. Now going to the South.
0: Now going to the South. Now you can move along.
1: <laughs> going to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I hate and the Saints. Here's the thing.
0: With the oh.
1: Drew Brees is a first bad Hall of Famer. Yep, I agree. But the thing with the Saints in the last five seasons is which team do you get? Sometimes you get this Super Bowl caliber team, but sometimes you get this 7-9, and what-are-we team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe you're going to get the same thing you saw last season The just of the Super Bowl. Yep. But the offense, well, the defense has been so hit or miss. It's been mostly mediocre. It, it's hard to tell what what, how, what to expect out of this team outside of Breeze. Yep.
0: Yeah. And, and I agree. I Outside of Drew Breeze, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, their defense, however, last season, and I don't know that, that they're going to wind up being the the same guys we saw, but their defense last year didn't leave anything to be desired. I mean, they, they had some, and then they add Davenport to the whole thing on top of it. The New Orleans Saints could be something really special. I I think Drew Brees is going to be the big question here. He's the guy that he's the driving force. And I think it comes down to Drew Brees though. And um, if he doesn't play like Drew Brees can, he just got signed in that new fifty million dollar contract. We'll see, guys. On the the what what would basically be considered the ass end of his career, we're right at the end. Does he play like Drew Brees does? Does he finish out strong? Is Drew Brees the guy?
1: Going to the Falcons, big story there is uh, Julio Jones versus the front office and oh, the contract.
0: Oh, Julio. Yeah, I'm booing that. Yeah, I'm booing that. I, I hate when players hold out. I can't stand it. I think uh, uh, Julio Jones, and this is the big story over there. You know, Matty Ice got his big contract. They're hoping to get Julio Jones his big contract. Julio Jones holds out, says that there's no friction with him in the front office, and then does the holdout like a, a massive jerk. Um I, you can't read the guy, and, and it makes me just think he's a big liar. Like, the, the fans can't get behind him, and the fans can't trust him. I don't like it. Julio Jones needs to shape up and get his life together.
1: Going to the Panthers, does Cam Newton have the weapons he needs to win the title? Uh,
0: uh, no, I don't think he does. Cam Newton, you know, he's come so close. <laughs> he came so close. And and yet so far, um, Cam Newton. I, I don't think he's had the the, the weapons ever since they, they sent uh, uh Mitchell, yeah out the door.
1: Cam Newton's basically a one man army in that team, and now they, they have the now who's who's shaping up to be a very good running back, but that offense is still going to struggle.
0: Yeah, and if they think that, that D.J. Moore is going to be the, the cure-all to this whole thing, and, and they, they did make some receiver moves. Jarius Wright from the Vikings, they scooped him up. They do have Torrey Smith now. Um, they, had, they drafted D.J. Moore, but, you know, they, they completely balked on the number one receiver on that whole uh, on the whole draft. Um, and you got Devin Funches now, uh, you know, who's been around for a while, but Devin Funches is the only guy that, that really completely knows that system. So I don't know that, that I buy Carolina as, as even a contender at this stage of the game, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't think they added anything special.
1: They were a half a game to win the division last season. Yeah,
0: I don't think they – they, they never the, – the, to me, they're just not the guys. I, I think they had a, a decent run last year, but I don't think they were anything spectacular. Um, I don't buy the Carolina Panthers. I think in, in so you ever see, we see teams have these kind of lucky runs where they make it a couple of games in the playoffs and Carolina was one of those teams last year. They they had a lucky run and made it in the
1: playoffs for sure. Going to the last team here in the uh, division, uh, the Bucks. James Winston, is he overrated? Did he have a good rookie campaign? What what who is James Winston at this
0: point? I don't know who James Winston is. Apparently, he is a a lobster stealing. Uh, Uber woman fondling, just maniac.
1: You talking about Rick Flair?
0: I don't know. I mean, it's it's just amazing. Uh, Jameis Winston just and and I, I'm surprised there hasn't been more publicity about this whole you know fondling and Uber driver thing. I mean, it came out and nobody seems to be saying anything about it. But Jameis Winston is just a, the arguably one of the most confusing entities in the NFL to me um I, i'll never understand what what goes through the guy's head you get signed to a multi-million dollar contract you're you're playing football you're playing the game you love um you're you're nearing contract your stuff and you're you're getting in
1: trouble for and not improving
0: yeah and and i don't even know that he's he's not just not improving um you know he's he's so next year he's in his contract year, and, and he makes a base salary of, of $20 million. And, and that's when his big payoff comes. But uh, the, the problem for Winston comes in where what who are his weapons right now? Mike Evans. That's about it. That's about it. So, I mean, yeah, he's kind of got the same situation that Andy Dalton has, where, where there's nothing there. And he just had Doug Martin walk out the door. You uh, know, and we're supposed to believe that that uh, um, you know uh, that he's just you know doing a crappy job or whatever the case may be. You can't you can't be a one man army here. I mean, he has the, the the declining Deshaun Jackson over there. I mean, that's kind of, that's the next best thing he's got, and and I'm supposed to believe that that it's his fault.
1: And then you still have the. Guy, I still think has, has potential, in Cameron Braid, I think there's a chance for him to, to be okay.
0: Well, what about OJ Howard? I think OJ Howard is is you know as a tight end is is got more uh, talent than Cameron Braid, and I think OJ Howard, you know, but he hasn't he hasn't lived up to expectations, but he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of talent. I would like to see OJ Howard do something
1: for sure. Going to the to the West, and if you want to cue your music again because you're going to another holdout.
0: No, a holdout.
1: And Aaron. <coughs> not
0: yeah, a I'm, I'm doing Aaron Donald. Um, Aaron Donald, uh, he's the big story over there for sure. Um, and
1: there's no doubting if there's no, you can't ask. Does he deserve the money? Yes, he does. Yeah, he's he going it. to be the highest paid defensive player in the league in, in the history of the league. No matter no matter who gets him And the yep. Rams. Best, better,
0: keep them. Aaron Donald right now, and, and he just did an interview saying that they were in the same, the, the quote was, we're in the same zip code as far as, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the contract offer. Uh, okay, great. That's awesome. Todd Gurley gets signed to his big contract. You know, now the Rams going to have to shell out the money to get Aaron Donald, and, and he's worth the money. You know he's a disruptive force. You know he, he, he does well with the Rams scheme he's worth it give the man his money you know pay the man um, at the same time I hate holdouts I think holdouts are, are some of the most childish things in the world um, particularly the Joey bosa holdout from from a, a few years ago and I, I don't like that um, you know you're you're paid to play ball man get out there and play ball and we'll talk about your contract when, when the time comes but um, I hate holdouts like that so hopefully we can we can see the Rams get this contract done and and get him back on the field
1: one of the Seahawks the question there is this this team that we've viewed as a dynasty over the past few seasons last season we saw it start to spiral out of control mm-hmm. and then this off season they lost the biggest piece of their defense yep in Richard Sherman where does this team go from here?
0: Yep, and, and that is the big question. I think it's life after Richard Sherman. Um, they have a, a, a lot of options. They have options in terms of their, their corners. Um, Dominique Rogers camardi is still a, a someone that's out there right now that, that I think they should be considering. He's a veteran, but he still plays at a high level. And he just got dumped from the Giants for asking for a really chump change for a guy, his caliber player. Uh, I think he was ask, asking 6 or 7 million. I, I don't think that's that's a whole lot to pay for uh, a corner of the caliber of Dominic Rogers camardi So, you know, they're they're kind of looking. I also think that that um the the other big story here is is Pete Carroll at this point in time with this team crumbling, is Pete Carroll on the hot seat.
1: Not yet. They're going to give him a couple seasons because of how good this team has been. I I compare the Pete Carroll situation to uh... The Raven situation. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna allow Pete Carrollton to attempt to fix this team before they put him in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. He has three more seasons of he they have to miss the players for the next three seasons for him to be in the hot seat, in my opinion, mm. because of how successful this team has been. They're gonna be give him the opportunity to try to fix it, and obviously things can't be fixed overnight, especially a a glaring issue like this.
0: But are you gonna fix that that problem after you watch Thomas Rawls walk out the door? Are you gonna fix that problem with Rashad Penny? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The 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 Rashad Penny that you reached on, I, I don't buy it. You know, so and and that's another one of my what was it, fifteen or sixteen reaches we saw in the first round of the draft this year. What a joke that turned out to be. <laughs>
1: 49ers, the offense. How's it going to look? Can Garoppolo continue the success?
0: And that's the big question. It's Garoppolo all day long. It's, it just comes down to Jimmy G. Is Jimmy G the guy that we saw go 8-0 last year? Is he that same guy this upcoming year? And I want to see if Jimmy G comes out and, you know, acts like the next Montana, essentially. I mean, people are people are starting to proclaim him as the next coming of Montana or Young. Could we see the San Francisco 49ers finally have that resurgence that that we haven't truly seen since the Montana and Young era?
1: Absolutely, And if it's a new season, it's hard to say. that Nobody can really say if it's going to happen for sure. It's going to be one of the biggest stories to watch this season.
0: Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a big, big impact,
1: whether it be bad or good for the Niners. And then the Cardinals, another quarterback controversy here. Yep. They give the big contract to Bradford, $20 million. Too much. So you expect that Bradford's going to be the starter, but then they go and draft Rosen.
0: Josh Rosen, um, by all accounts, Josh Rosen has been the better quarterback. He has played the, at, a, at a much higher level than um, Sam Bradford. And I think with the injury issues that you run into with a guy like Sam Bradford, you're going to be talking about whether or not Sam Bradford is, is actually um, you know able to be a, a complete starter in this league. I don't think he, I think he's only had one year where he completed a whole 16 games. And something like that. I, I,
1: I think that'll be the only way that Rosen comes in. Well, I think Rosen ended up coming in late this season, but I I believe Bradford starts this season.
0: Right. And and Rosen, it's like I said, everybody on the practice field, they've done interviews with the players. Everybody says that Rosen is the guy, and that Rosen is is turning out um, uh, better football. Um, and he's playing he's playing the position better. I like Josh Rosen. I think he winds up being the starter by before the end of the season. And and I hope he does, because uh, he, of the the entire draft class, everybody kind of says that he is um, the most pro-ready quarterback of the bunch.
1: And 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 that'll be an interesting story, much like the other 31 stories that we saw throughout this whole segment. Preseason will be a big indication of how a lot of these stories pan out. And with it, that's the last of the 32 stories. So uh, we're going to take a quick break here and come back for our main event, and that's my special segment. Oh, it's... you interrupted every time, it, so I'm just expecting it. But.
0: So you mean to tell me it's almost time for... Tyler's time. Top Ten!
1: Yeah. Yeah! That. That's exciting. You ruin everything. I don't. You suck all the fun out of everything. No, I don't. We're going to be right
0: back. Right here!
2: On The Outside Blitz. This episode of The Outside Blitz is brought to you by... Jordan J. Scavone. Children's book author extraordinaire... Jordan has two books available currently. Mighty is about a four-year-old girl with social anxiety starting preschool. In order to overcome her fears of going to school, she becomes a superhero. And Jordan's brand new book, The Mud Princess, is the story of Georgia, a girl who defies the looks and ideals of her princess peers. When the other princesses are captured by a dragon, Georgia must decide if she should help those who shunned and mocked her or if she should save them. Both of Jordan's books are available on Amazon, and you can follow Jordan on Facebook at facebook.com backslash might ebook. Also, check out jordanjscavone.com, that's J-O-R-D-A-N-J-S-C-A-V-O-N-E.com, for all updates on both books.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ, Tyler. Come on, man. We're recording, and, and you're over here eating. Welcome back to the Outside Blitz. So... My colleague here has been eating probably the most unappetizing-looking uh, uh, French bread pizza I think I've ever seen in my life. It just, it, honest to God, just looks like he he took it outside on his like household grill and just like turned it upside down and cooked it like that.
2: I'll post
1: a picture.
0: It, uh, it seriously looks like charcoal. Like I, I can't.
1: It, it's not quite that bad. It,
0: it, well, he just told me that the sauce helps, so I, I don't know. It's it's just awful. So that crunching you hear, um, like the bones of his enemies, is um, <laughs> is uh, the the um, French bread pizza that's been charred to a crisp. Um, and uh, for that, Tyler, <laughs> I'm just be, um, well, welcome back to the outside place. We we're,
1: were recording the podcast and I forgot about my dinner. that was in, in the oven, oh, just just, just burning away. Just awful.
0: Um, but, uh, I, w- welcome back to Tob. I am the, the, uh, I, you say uh no, oh, no, calm oh, down, oh, calm oh. down. Just eat your, <laughs> eat your charcoal. Um, I am your host, the fabulous Scotty Freytown. I am here with, uh, the tribadistic Tyler Dean.
1: Silence is worthy
0: of man. Oh, come I'm on. It, well, it's, it's, um, the definition is of female homosexual behavior that attempts to simulate heterosexual behavior. Okay. So, so it's kind of fitting for you.
1: <laughs>
0: that's not what it's called. It's the outside blitz. It's Tob. You need to calm down. And just for that, I'm just going to do this. Just, that's what you get. I am. I am. It's a good time. So, welcome back. And uh, it's time for our main event, the, the segment that uh, we also know as Tyler's
1: Top Ten. And Tyler's Top Ten this time is going to be Top Ten players to watch going into the season, the regular season. So we're not, we're not talking anything, we're not talking about much skill set, we're not talking about anything like that. We're talking about the, the players that, that people are going to have all eyes on going into the season. Yep. So we're going to jump right into it, number ten, and... It is your Vikings. Yeah, that's right. And it is the return of a running back who everyone expected to be to blow up last season. And he kind of did. He kind of did for the couple games he had, yeah. but then he, and then he got hurt. And how he comes out of that and how he helps this offense in, in this new system is going to be very interesting. And that's Dalvin Cook.
0: Yes. Uh, Dalvin Cook is... He's a beast, Um, and, and a lot of times, you know, I remember for a long time, ACL tears and stuff were kind of death knells for, for running backs, and now you get a guy like Dalvin Cook. I the, the, the question that kind of surrounds Dalvin Cook right now, as far as this, this ACL tear, is is he going to return at the same caliber that Adrian Peterson did after
1: his? Which is a hard thing to ask for anybody. To do. Yeah, and
0: I'm not over here asking him to come back and put up 2,000-plus yards and, and do all that jazz, but what... What the hope is is that he's coming back and he's going to have a 1,200, 1,300, 1,400-yard season. He's going to be an elite running back, and people are going to start looking at him and saying, hey, that's a guy that that the Vikings can surround their offense with.
1: I would say if between Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook, they can have a combined 4,500 yards, um, they win the Super Bowl.
0: I won't even say 45. I, I think it's going to be, and you're going to need more than that. I, I think out of out of the two of them, I think if you're talking maybe fifty five, then we'll talk.
1: I don't think Cousins needs to break a break five, four thousand to to win.
0: And then a lot of that banks on on also that Vikings defense. You know, you you got to bank on that. But Delvin Cook coming back is going to be a big oomph, I think, for the Vikings. Um, that's the hope, and uh, uh, I like Delvin Cook, and I, I like your selection there.
1: Corner number nine. Um, I. It may not happen, but I'm going to stand by my predictions. I predicted Jared Goff to be the league MVP, if you're not mistaken. I'm going to stand by that. I think Jared Goff is going to continue this – he had a very, very bad freshman campaign and a very good sophomore year. I think you see that trend continue to rise, and he continues to make this team his – and shows that he's going to continue to be a, a, a great quarterback. and The Rams are going to be fine this year. They're going to be a very good team. And that, that starts and ends with, with Jared Goff. Uh, Jared
0: Goff is one of those guys he, you know, I mean, he had a very a very good uh, year last year, 3,840 yards, 28 touchdowns, seven picks um, in, in a very rough 2016. A lot of it has to do with uh, a, a good um, – coaching change with Sean McVay, and, and McVay really showed that that he's um, going to be instrumental to Goff's success. Uh, the The hope for Goff is that he just blows up, you know, I mean, and, and 3,804 yards, that's a good campaign. It's not a great campaign. I'm not going to sit here and say he had an amazing uh, uh, run of things. Um, he did at 100.5 passer rating, and a lot of it had to do with that 28 to 7 touchdown interception ratio.
1: But keep in mind, 38 you is know, very good um but expe- especially when you have Todd Gurley in your team um, I yeah when you, have, when you have an elite um runner you're not going to be a 5000 yard quarterback it's just not going to happen well, the, the, it, the ball's going to be split
0: that's not always true but uh, I mean Todd Gurley he, he put up 1305 yards last year 13 touchdowns so I mean he did take away uh, some but uh, you know Todd Gurley wasn't um Todd Gurley wasn't the the you know 15, 16, 17 hard yard runner that, that we are used to seeing from quarter, uh, you know, when quarterbacks are breaking 4,000 yards. Uh, that That's the type of running back we'd expect. You know, uh, uh, same, and, and you saw was that. He
1: was second in the league in, in, in rushing yards and barely got second? Yeah, like, it's. The, 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 I believe it was uh, Kareem Hunt that led the league in. Kareem Hunt, yards yes. Kareem, Kareem Hunt and led the league. Hunt didn't cross
0: 1,400. Um, And I. To me, I just kind of sit there and I say, "Well, yeah." And Kareem Hunt, he barely took first; it was thirteen hundred and twenty-seven. But thirteen hundred yards—I mean, well, it's nothing to sneeze at. At the same time, thirteen hundred yards—that's um, kind of your your typical for a one through ten running backs. Not one through ten. If I mean, you break a thousand,
1: you're an elite runner. Yeah,
0: elite. I don't. I don't think that necessarily makes you elite. I mean, we've seen Reggie Bush break 1,004 yards. I don't see that makes uh. Bush elite that, that year he was elite. He was not elite, and that's a, a strong, strong disagreement because he only did it one time, he only did it by four yards. But that's neither here nor there. To me, you Jared Goff has got to produce at a higher level. I want I you know, if, if there's any other team other than the Minnesota Vikings that I'd love to see in the Super Bowl, it would be the, the Rams at this point in time. And uh I, I think the Rams you know, Jared Goff he, he could have a, a great year, MVP worthy. I mean who knows. But when I see Jared Goff, I see a guy that's got to break over 4,000 yards in order to get that.
1: And, but, and but look, let's look at the big difference between last year and this year. He now has a, a very good weapon in Brandon Cooks now. Yep. They got Brandon Cooks on a steal, and I think it's going to be a great weapon for Jared Goff to get to that next level. And that's the big reason why I got Jared Goff. having such a great year.
0: He could have a great year and a lot of it depends on how well Brandon Cooks plays it depends on if if Robert Woods shows up in the same capacity that he showed up last year because that was a pleasant surprise for them and he's got Mike Thomas hanging around. The other guy that people kind of overlook Cooper cup Cooper Cup, Cooper had, a,
1: cup had a great year,
0: last year He had himself a very good year so you know for, for his sake you got to hope that the, those guys show up in the same capacity that they did last year. Uh, if they do, you know he could very well wind up with that that MVP honor. But I, I personally, I don't see that that happening. But maybe that's just my my feeling
1: on it. Going to number eight, and he's for, based on the uh, these rankings being all eyes on. He probably should be higher on this list. I'm going to Baltimore and Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of eyes on Joe Flacco, and now now that he knows there, there's a, there's a fire on his butt about about having performed because he has a, a young quarterback that can take his job. Um, and and that and that and this conversation goes deeper than just Joe. You got it, it, it's going to depend on how well Lamar does. It's going to depend on how this offense comes around and have a lot of receivers. It's going to come down to can Joe be the quarterback that he once was. There's a lot of questions there. A lot of people watching it.
0: Yeah, we keep coming down to this Super Bowl or bust narrative when it comes to Joe. And and anytime we talk about Joe Flacco and and we talk about you know the fact that Lamar Jackson is there in it, it, the amount of money that Joe Flacco's making it it almost seems like Super Bowl or bust here you know you, you you're that wealthy of a quarterback you're that well off financially does Lamar wind up overtaking you if you go seven and nine and and miss the playoffs again in,
1: in, in that in that scenario 100 percent yes I believe that um I know you' you have a super Bowl or bust theory I'm gonna stand by um Super Bowl win nothing changes Joe continues to do what he's been
0: doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, playoffs, if it's deep, I could. There, there could still be a nothing changes Joe continues to do what he's been doing. But uh, make the playoffs and lose the first game, I think you could see Joe leave. You could also see the possibility of Joe staying, but this is also going to depend a lot on what Lamar Jackson does. If he doesn't mm-hmm. progress and, and chose to be, say, a bust, they have no. They're. They also have no choice but to possibly keep Joe around. But I think you're to look at a scenario where Joe's going to have to take a significant pay cut to remain in Baltimore if he doesn't perform at a very high level.
0: Yep. And the other, the only other question in, in that situation comes uh, with John Harbaugh going bye bye at that point. And and I think I think if you if you make the playoffs, you lose first game. John Harbaugh. Is probably looking like he's in big trouble. I believe
1: point. John Harbaugh stays at the make the playoffs. Um, To me, John Harbaugh's a little bit safer than Joe. Because Harbaugh's proven that... Uh, Harbaugh's kind so of in not, that scenario... He's definitely
0: not making $24 million. No.
1: <laughs> Harbaugh's in that same scenario with uh, Pete Carroll. But Harbaugh's in that last end of that. Of what I was saying about Pete Carroll. He's, mm-hmm. he's missed the playoffs the last three seasons. So I believe if he can get this team to make the playoffs again... He'll be, he'll be safe. And the reason I say this is because the last two seasons the Ravens were one play away both the last two seasons from being a playoff team. Mm-hmm. And but the, the thing is is Steve Bisciotti says you have to get the job done. You have to make the playoffs we are we are a, a playoff city. That's what we need to do. John Harbaugh needs to get this team back to the playoffs to protect his job.
0: Right. And and that's that's the big thing. John Harbaugh if he doesn't make the playoffs, you can almost guarantee he's gone. He's been on the hot seat for a while. So so we can uh, see that one coming, I think, a mile away. But Joe Flacco, all eyes on him now. Either he performs or he's done. I, I think, you know, and I believe it's Super Bowl. You believe it's deep playoffs. Either way, he's going to have to make some huge, huge strides to make that work.
1: Going number seven, and we're talking about the rookie in, in New York Giants, and that's Saquon Barkley. Yep, Saquon. There's going to be a, a lot of questions on how, because the expectation is because of how he played in college and, and the, w- where he's going to go in the draft, they're going to be expecting a Ezekiel Elliott type rookie season.
0: Yep, that's the turnout they're looking for. Um, <clears throat> he's He's been shown flat, uh, that he's arguably the one of the best pure athletes that, that has come out of the draft. I mean, he's a machine. He's fast. He he carries the ball well out of the backfield. He doesn't break tackles as well, but he's still elusive. Um, he he has uh, skills as a receiver catching out of the backfield. I mean, he's just he's something really special. I mean, if I'm if I'm the New York Giants, I'm I'm protecting him. I'm going to keep him very very uh, uh protected in the the preseason. I'm going to have him take a couple of snaps, but I'm not going to have him doing a whole lot. Um, but that's kind of what you're looking at with, with Saquon Barkley, he's he's the machine. He's the guy that is going to lead the New York Giants into and we remember a time when the New York Giants were were running back powerful. We remember that era. Mm-hmm. And and we remember those eras of, of guys like Rodney Hampton. And we remember, you know, like we remember that. So so Saquon Barkley is gonna be the guy that Takes the New York Giants back to that level, and I, I'm pretty actually pretty excited to see them actually have a running game for the first time in a long time.
1: And having Barkley could help extend Eli Manning's life to a, absolutely. If if he can rely more on the on the, rough, r- the running game, he won't take as many hits. His arm won't tear out as quick, and he, he might be he might might add a couple of se- couple more seasons to Eli as long as he can perform.
0: Yep, absolutely, and and you know. They they couldn't rely and and they couldn't rely on like Paul Perkins and Orleans starqua They still do have Jonathan Stewart hanging around there. They they did scoop him. So uh, the the hope for the Giants is is that Saquon explodes in the way that they expect him to.
1: Going number six, and we're going to Oakland. Still Oakland. Uh, is it Vegas in twenty twenty? Or is it LA? Definitely
0: not LA. LA, okay. Well, they're they're not going to London
1: London Silly Nannies
0: either. Silly Nannies? Yep. London Silly Nannies. That actually sounds like a a pretty fun team.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Derek Carp, the number six here.
0: No, no, would their mascot be Mega Maid? I I I opened up
1: Pandora's box. You did.
0: It's just going to create. I mean, are they going to have like a legitimate maid like walking around? Or is it going to. Oh, are they going to have like a Goodyear blimp that's like a float, except it's like Mega Maid from Spaceballs?
1: No, they won't. <laughs> so Derek Carr, and the big question here is: Does he pick it up after after having the off year with the injury and everything? You have a new head coach. So the system's probably going to change a bit because John Gruden has a very specific system, mm-hmm. and Derek Carr is going to have to mold into that.
0: Um, the the John Gruden system has always been a strange one because he sees things in guys that are are just strange. I mean, he he he'll find like. You know, just some nobody, and pull him into the game. And be like, "Hey, you're going to be my new guy," and and that guy just winds up being a monster,
1: you know. And and, the, and who does that? What other coach does that sound like? Who? Bill Belichick.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and you you see, uh, um, they they went out and they got they got them some weapons since the Crabtree, you know, situation. They got Jordy Nelson. They got Martavius Bryant. They got Amari Cooper or still. Um, they went and picked up Dwayne Harris. So they did, and they got Ryan Switzer too. So I mean, they they got some some weapons hanging around there. Plus
1: they have the one two at running back having Lynch and Martin.
0: Yeah, and and I think you're you're more so um, seeing Doug Martin. Uh, uh, you're going to see Doug Martin take take over that Marshawn really regressed after last or in last year. As expected. Yep. Uh, you still have DeAndre Washington hanging around there too. That's another guy that really showed uh, you know flashes of greatness while he was over there. Um, but the Oakland Raiders, um, you're right, Derek Carr is, is the guy that, that all eyes are going to be on. Does he come back after having just a miserable year um, in Oakland? New coaching staff, I, I don't think John Gruden is going to obviously steer away from him. He's always been very, very positive about Derek Carr. So I think Derek Carr winds up having a, a resurgent year under John Gruden's tutelage there, um, especially with some of the guys that have, have been brought into that team.
1: I, I I'm with you on that, and I agree. I I think Derek Carr goes back to being a uh, MVP caliber quarterback.
0: Yes, he goes back to being Derek Carr,
1: exactly, <laughs> and not his uh, brother. Yes. Going to top five, we're gonna go. We have a couple of rookie quarterbacks here. We'll start with Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, and uh, he's he's in himself in a bit of a quarterback battle. He's got a battle, veteran Sam Bradford. Yep,
0: and, and he's winning though.
1: Yes, he, but. And the thing is, when you're battling a veteran quarterback, just being the better quarterback isn't enough because they're gonna they're gonna let that veteran start until until proven otherwise. And it t- sometimes it takes a lot. And I believe in this case where they're giving Sam Bradford so much money, Bradford's going to start off the year unless something crazy happens.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. They, a lot of them are saying that that um, Bradford is going to wind up being a starter. There's a lot of lot of folks saying that, but I think a lot of this, you know, the the big question is Josh Rosen going into preseason does he come out preseason wise and just light the world on fire because if he does i don't think we're talking sam bradford i think we're talking josh rosen and i think he starts in week 1 if he if he shows the world hey i'm the man um and a lot of people say he's a very free spirited guy but people are also saying he's a very focused guy and he 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 said the, the the direct quote he threw out there was that he is all ball and ready to get on the fe- on the field for uh, saturday's preseason opener I'm excited for Josh Rosen. I think he's going to be something special, and and I really, really hope that uh, um, he gets his his just due over there um, over the very injury prone Sam Bradford.
1: What I'm going to say is, assuming there's no injury involved, mm. and assuming Bradford's healthy, yes, um, Rosen will not start to week twelve. Wow, that's bold. I think mean, they're going to try their best to have Rosen sit, and, and, and they're, going to, they're going to try to be patient and let him ease in instead of throwing him right in. Yeah, I believe that will be their plan, but I think before the, the end of the year, you'll see the Cardinals out of the playoffs and Rosen be coming in. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's bold. Bold, bold, bold. Going number four, the even bigger quarterback controversy, where you have who knows who's going to start, and that's we're going Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold's coming off of... Being a rookie who's who held out, that's ballsy.
0: Yeah, and, and last time we saw it was Joey Bosa. Um, I think Darnold realized I was the best quarterback in this draft, and he knows it. I think everybody knew it. He was the best quarterback in the draft. Well, Josh Rosen was the most pro-ready, I guess you could say, from uh, directly from a scheme standpoint. Sam Darnold was the most physically gifted. He had the better arm. Uh, uh, Sam Darnold was the best quarterback in this draft, period, And and he realized that. And it it looks like we were saying earlier in the show, you know, you you go from number one to number three, that's a big jump. That's millions of dollars going out the door, you know, just from from going from the number one draft pick to the number three draft pick. Cleveland, and and I think Darnold realized the same thing that we all realized, Cleveland just likes to make random splashes and send everybody into a tizzy every single year. And it's just Mm -hmm. what they do. They select the most random freaking guy they can, Baker Mayfield shouldn't have gone number one, Darnold knows that Baker Mayfield shouldn't have gone number one, and um, Sam Darnold is, 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 you know, he he's making the Jets pay for him for sure, and he got that first, that number one overall draft pick kind of money, um, but it might have hurt him, he held out. And now he's
1: behind learning yep. the, the scheme, and, and Bridgewater and McCown have been there and, and have been playing, so it would be easy for them to say, you know what, one of these two are going to be our week one starter, but... I think ultimately they're, they're wanting that guy to be Darnold, and I think it's going to happen. But there is the possibility that going into Saturday or Thursday, I don't know when they play, but uh, that Darnold shows that he's not ready and doesn't know the system yet, and he gets passed up.
0: Darnold is going to have to really hunker down, and he's going to have to ball out, and he's going to have to prove to everybody that he's he's the, the real thing, and, and this isn't just some pony show here. He, he's going to have to show everybody, I am the man. And this guy has nothing on me. This Josh McCown, this journeyman backup, and and you know McCown, he's so hit or miss. So you better, he's he's got his fingers crossed, hoping that the the crappy Josh McCown shows up. <laughs> you know,
1: going to top three, and um, at number three we're going to go to Blake Bortles, and no one expected the Jets to have the season they had last year. The Jags. The Jags. My, the yeah. Jags. Yeah, so, so everyone expected the Jets to have to good hit. Yeah. But for the Jaguars, no one expected them to have a season they did. I, I predicted them to have a very low record. And out of nowhere, the, the defense explodes. And then Blake Bortles has himself a good enough year to succeed. So a lot of people are looking at, can he replicate that performance to give the Jaguars success? And they've lost a lot of pieces. So it's going to be interesting to see if Blake Bortles can step it up and play better ball to account for what they've lost?
0: The loss of Allen and the loss of Hearns, I think they, those play into whether or not Blake Bortles can be successful. Um, Moncrief and Lee are going to really have to step up and be those pieces. You're going to see Leonard Fournette still doing what Leonard Fournette does. But for, for Blake Bortles' sake, you have, to, you have to think about you know uh, uh, his weapons. And he doesn't have as many weapons as he had last year. Personally, I, I, I don't see Blake Bortles having the year he had last year. Um, even though it wasn't a very good year statistically for him, he still got them deep into the playoffs. And, and so along with that, that Jags defense, that uh, much-revered secondary that reminds us of Seattle from so many years ago. Um, so I, I, I'm pretty stoked to see what the Jags will do in this situation. Um, and I want to see if Blake Bortles can show that, hey, I'm a, I'm a real quarterback here in this league. And he's going to have to go out and prove it.
1: Number two, going to 49ers, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G. There's a lot surrounding him. He's technically undefeated. Yeah, technically um, he is. Even include, if even if you include his New England time. Mm-hmm. Um, can he continue that success? There will be a lot of eyes on him. Can it happen? Time will tell. I think people are going to start catching on him a little bit. I'm not. That's not to say he's not going to be the franchise quarterback, but undefeated can only go so long.
0: The man doesn't have, and and he didn't have last year a whole lot to throw to. Um, if you if you looked at the guys that were on that team, um, right now I mean it's it's Marquise Goodwin, eh, Dante Pettis, eh, Kendrick Bourne, eh, Trent Taylor, and eh, and Pierre Garcon. Okay, there, there's somebody that we actually recognize. I think the first four names were who. You know, I've heard of Marquise Goodwin, but I don't think Marquise Goodwin is that good of a receiver. So he doesn't really have much at his disposal. He also lost Carlos Hyde, um, you know, in the offseason. Uh, you know, do the San Francisco 49ers continue doing what they're doing? The hope is that that for, for Jimmy G that they will. Jarrett McKinnon is going to have to fill in and try and take some pressure off him. Um, they they do have Kyle. Uh, I I always butcher this guy's name. Uh, it's your boy over there that you used to have him check. Use check. That's the guy. Um, he, he's the uh, the fullback that they have over there. So so he's a hard-hitting guy, good run blocker, good pass blocker. So he might free up uh, – those two guys might be freeing up Jimmy G a little bit.
1: And my biggest issue in this is the, just the sheer massive contract they gave him on, on such a small sample size. Humongous. Up until the Matt Ryan deal, he had, it, it's the richest deal in the history of the league, to Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. who's played eight games – it it's so mind-boggling to me, and I, I hope it doesn't backfire on them. But it's well, it's
0: ballsy. When's the last time we saw a deal like that go down? We we saw you know, for example, we had the distinct privilege of of watching Mike Glennon get signed to an eighteen million dollar contract. It was just insane. So I mean, you know, we we've seen deals like this go on. We've seen them go south plenty of times. Remember Matt Flynn? Yeah, Matt Flynn getting signed <laughs> of that huge contract. I mean, we we've seen it. So, <clears throat> Jimmy G is going to have to come out and perform and prove that he's he's that Tom Brady caliber player. Belichick must have seen something. The Niners must see something. Let's hope Kyle Shanahan has something up his sleeve for, for this situation.
1: It'll definitely be interesting to watch him play this season. Yeah. And going number one, we're going back to the Vikings. And yeehaw. The biggest story here is can the success that they had last season be replicated as the baton is passed from Case Keenum? Do Kirk Cousins.
0: Cousins is um he had a good rating last year, good quarterback rating, ninety three point nine. Um, he broke four thousand yards, four thousand ninety three yards the year before that. He had forty nine hundred yards, almost that five thousand mark. Um, twenty seven and thirteen touchdown interceptions, twenty five and twelve the year before. Uh, ninety three point nine rating last year, ninety seven point two the neck or the year before. He actually has a really good statistical rating, and that's that's with Kirk Cousins not having a whole lot at his disposal in terms of uh, uh, um, weaponry. He, you know, and and I'm not going to sit here and say Pierre Garcon's a bad receiver, but I'm going to tell you that Pierre Garcon hasn't been that good of a receiver. And for a while, he had Deshaun Jackson, and Deshaun Jackson wasn't that good of a receiver. The fact that last year Kirk Cousins still managed to put up four thousand ninety-three yards, I think, is a testament to how good he actually is.
1: And, and that's why I have Vikings as a potential Super Bowl, Super Bowl threat here. Is that Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback.
0: Yep, and I think Kirk Cousins he he could uh, he, he could uh, um, wind up being you know the next big thing if if in, in Minnesota if he if he turns. I think the big question for him is the interceptions. He had he had a 13 interceptions last year, which is a pretty high number. If he can tone down on some of those turnovers, I think the Minnesota Vikings it's probable that you'll see them in the biggest game of the year.
1: But there's a couple of threats that are being biggest going to be in the Rams in my opinion. Yes, so absolutely. NFC's going to be tough. It's going to be an interesting year. Absolutely. So, you're going to do the thing, aren't you? What what thing are we talking about? You know, the thing you always do. you can do the thing. What what thing?
0: You you oh you mean Freytown's forgotten fired. That thing. That thing. That horrible thing. Yeah, that thing. So, um... Baker Mayfield is that my number five? Baker Mayfield, man. Which huh? is
1: definitely a big story. All Cleveland eyes on. Cleveland.
0: Yeah, all eyes on Cleveland. Though they 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 reached. I mean, they. They reached, like, Stretch Armstrong, man. They they went after uh, uh, Baker Mayfield. They shouldn't have gone after him number one. They, they, they did. The guy wasn't projected to go until, what, 23? Um, Baker Mayfield shouldn't have gone anywhere near the number one position. He does, and now we're sitting here looking at, you know, Baker Mayfield um, with the Cleveland Browns. The hope is that uh, – Baker Mayfield turns out to be a monster, but I, I don't think he's going to wind up being that way. I think he's just going to tank. Um, but all eyes on Baker Mayfield right now. It's it's the banger bust move for the Cleveland Browns.
1: Which just seems to just be a repeated story every year. Is, Here's the new quarterback. He's going to be the guy. Here yep. we go. Here we go. Here we go. Can Mayfield break that curse? They have definitely given him the, uh, the uh, receiving staff to – to be successful. Yeah, they so have. For the first time in a while, the offense is looking like it has the potential of making some noise. So it's going to be up to, up to Baker to utilize that.
0: Yep. Otherwise, they're going to be back to the drawing board in the draft again looking for a new quarterback. <laughs> and and I think a lot of it also, well, I mean, it realistically it falls on Tyrod Taylor first before Baker Mayfield, but I think yes. a lot of people are, are believing that Baker Mayfield is going to be the guy that takes that starting position. Week five. Yep and and that's that's the big thing. Uh number 4. Um Mr. we're going to my Vikings again, uh Mr. Anthony Barr. Um in a contract year. We've got he was one of uh four massive contracts that needed to be signed moving into uh uh the off season. And three
1: of them have gotten <clears throat> signed.
0: Three of them gotten done. He's the last of the bunch. We're standing here going, man, this guy he should garner about 12 million dollars a year. And um, you know he he should garner mo- the same amount, if not more, than Eric Kendricks. I think he's worth it. Um, and and it all stems on, or depends on whether or not he can be a viable pass rusher um, in the NFL. So
1: and I, and I believe that Anthony Barr to go have himself a hell of a year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I believe that if the Vikings were going to sign him, they would have. I truly think that he's going to go and get a massive contract at the end of the season without the
0: Vikings. Yep, and and that's what, what it's kind of signs are pointing to. I'm hoping it's not the case. I really like Anthony Barr, but if, if the Vikings do that, they may be, uh, if the Vikings don't sign him, they're probably looking to the draft to pick up a, a new outside linebacker, and, and that that might be what they're going with. And they did wind up getting a decent outside linebacker in Ben Gideon on kind of on a uh, on a dime, so they they might be looking at the same situation. Um, moving on to number three, you're looking at Deshaun Watson. Um, and
1: this is definitely a big story. He's coming off his injury, and we talked about this a bit earlier. With uh, um, a lot of people don't realize that the, while the Houston Texans looked a lot better with him than without him, as a team they still weren't truly performing. But there's no question that. Watson is their guy. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, the, the team has some work to do to get the, the team to start winning games, but Watson's the guy.
0: He's the franchise quarterback there and, and they're You know, when, when contract years roll around, I mean he's still got four years left on his deal. But when contract years roll around, you know, Deshaun Watson is he's a franchise quarterback. He's 100%. he's a, he's a, a fixture probably there in Houston for the, the foreseeable future. Deshaun Watson just needs to come back and perform like Deshaun Watson was performing. And he's got to hope that his teammates are, are gonna turn it up the same way. He's
1: got a great one, two punch receiver with Fuller and Hopkins. He's, yep. he's got the pieces that do the job.
0: And now he's got coats on top of it, so yep. that's that's gonna be, you know, extra fun for him. Um, number two, we, we touched on this earlier, Le'Veon Bell. Um
1: big big deal here I and mean, the, the contract with Pittsburgh is seemingly gonna fall through his never-ending story I that's what it is I'll try you I believe he's gonna play this year yeah yeah if, if we don't if I'm jumping to a fantasy note here I believe that Pittsburgh realizes that he's gonna walk out the door so this is a, Pittsburgh is gonna go go the route in my opinion where they well Bell's gone so let's uh work horse the hell out of him Mm-hmm. And he's going to get 30 carries a game, hoping they can they're just going to keep winning games. It could lead to a Bell injury. But from a fantasy standpoint, Bell's going to get the ball because they're going to utilize the hell out of him until <clears> he <throat> can. The
0: yep, and, and the, the Steelers have, uh, the, well, all rumors. I mean, James Harrison has gone on the record kind of saying that he doesn't think the Steelers have the money to bring him back. Um, and if they don't have the money to bring him back, I mean, he's he's going to get a monster contract. You know it's 20-plus. You, oh, yeah. you know it's twenty plus. So he, and he turned
1: down seventeen.
0: Yep, he he's looking for for something in the the upward level of twenty million and and.
1: Um, it, where did Brown get? I know there was some conversation. He wanted he he, he wanted to be uh, treated as well as Antonio Brown.
0: Antonio Brown, I forgot what Antonio Brown got. I can I can look that up in a second here, but um, you know ultimately, he he deserves the contract. It's it's. Uh, I it it's a no brainer to me. Brown got um, night, no sixteen sixty eight million dollar contract with the Steelers, nineteen million a year. Oh, it's a nineteen million dollar signing bonus. His average salary is seventeen million. Which no.
1: is, which is what he was offered, so he's wanting north yep. of Brown,
0: he is... he's he's offering north he's wanting north of Brown. Um and I, I I think that's fair. I think I think Antonio Brown's a very good receiver. I think he's he's shown that. But I do think that Le'Veon is more of a centerpiece of that offense, and I don't I don't blame him for wanting more.
1: And I don't blame him for, him for wanting more, but I I don't blame Pittsburgh for not giving him more because Bell is not a guy who's proven to be there 16 games a year.
0: Yeah, and he he's been suspended consistently. Suspended
1: so. or injuries, there's always something. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, the, the, the even, guy goes out. Yeah, even with like it, like Elliot, um, Elliot and Bell go out there and, and they're still top in the league despite not being there for all the games. So <laughs> right. Bell's gonna get his money; he's worth the money. If I can see with hesitation, I'm, I'm going more
0: right. And last but not least, we're looking at we're going back to Green Bay. We talked touched on this one earlier as well. Aaron Rodgers, um, he's got two years left on his deal. Guy's coming off an injury. Um, his offensive line is garbage, garbage, garbage. Um, broken uh, broken collarbone here. He, he's uh, I mean he's angry with the front office. He wants more money. He actually went on record this, this past, uh, these last couple of days saying that he feels that the salary cap should be gone in football, the hard cap, it should be a soft cap. He feels basically like football players should be treated like baseball players, and he doesn't like the NFL um, players agreement here with the, the Players Association. He doesn't like it, and he feels that it would allow him to have more uh, control of his contract situation. It seems like Aaron Rodgers is just spouting this off because it's, it would be more beneficial to him, and I think that makes him kind of selfish in a way. But I, I also look at Aaron Rodgers. There's, there's some issues there, and, and the question comes in is, what, what are the Green Bay Packers front office folks going to do when Aaron Rodgers is getting ready to walk out the door? Does he become that Brett Favre trade bait? Does Aaron Rodgers play at a high level like he has been? Do, does Aaron Rodgers come out and be a professional? He has not been professional this last year. And and a lot of it, it this all seemed to start as soon as his, his marriage started going downhill and he started seeing Danica Patrick. So, I mean, I, I don't know where all this comes from.
1: The Aaron Rodgers situation is definitely interesting and unique, and it's really hard to tell where it's going to go. And This season going to be a telltale sign. I, I believe that come the end of the season... There will be a lot clearer path of what's going to happen next.
0: Yeah, where Aaron Rodgers is going to go, whether or not the the Packers are going to draft another quarterback, whether they're going to re-sign the at that at that point, thirty-six year old Aaron Rodgers to a long-term deal. A lot of questions there. So that's he's definitely one guy to uh, to uh, take care of. But um, Tyler, that's our show, man. That's it. That's our show. That's our show for for episode six of of the Outside Blitz. I hope we're right on that Yeah, it is, it, it we are. We are right. This is the sixth episode. Um, thank you everybody for being patient with us once again. Um, thank you for uh, uh, bearing with us for the last couple of weeks while we we got our act together here completely, and um, we will be uh, consistently recording episodes for uh, the foreseeable future. Every week. Every week for for the foreseeable future until. Um, until we get to uh, just past the NFL draft. So that's usually how it rolls. So um, with that, for my uh, co-host, the the very tiny Tyler Dean.
1: That's accurate.
0: And uh, yours truly, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. I thank you all for joining us. Special thanks real quick to our producer, Jordan Scavone, for all of his hard work. And uh, if you haven't yet, I highly suggest you do check out his uh, new book, The Mud Princess, new children's book. Check that out. Um, Kids love it. I love it. And I I think it's awesome. Also check out his book, Mighty. That's actually Mighty. And it's out on... uh, They're both really
1: good.
0: Both really good books. You can find them on Amazon. My kids love them. And uh, I know a lot of kids that that really enjoy those books. So uh, kudos to him. And uh, special thanks to uh, It's Your Time Massage for uh, being a wonderful sponsor as well as... The last but not least, all of our musical guests that come on the show and, and uh, bring on their uh, their indie music, I I like the local music scene. So <laughs> not you, Tyler. Oh, can I be a, can I be a special local, local artist
1: next time?
0: No, absolutely not. Okay. And uh, but with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us, and uh, we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz.